Filmmaker Commentary, episode 195. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we cover movies with commentaries from directors who take the time to record them on Blu-ray and DVDs. We also give our detailed insights, so look out for spoilers. We discuss the latest in showbiz news along with movies and TV shows that we've been watching. So join Reginald Titus Jr. That's me. And Casey G. Smith. That's me. Every week here on Filmmaker Commentary. Welcome to another episode of Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with Casey G. Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And today we're talking about The Five Heartbeats, 1991, um, directed by Robert Townsend and written by Robert Townsend and Kenan Ivan Wayne. Yes, sir. Um, and this is like our celebration of Black, Black History, History Month. Month. Indeed. Uh, what was the budget and box office for this film? So the five heartbeats came in at a budget of approximately $9 million. Wow. And at the box office, unfortunately, only came in at $8.8 million. Wow. I wonder how long it was in the theaters. Was it like two weeks or something? That's like crazy. Very, very short window of time in the, uh, in the theaters. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, this, according to IMDb, this was... It, it, it launched Friday, March 29th, March 1991, and by April 14th, 1991, was like the end of its run. It was like a three-week run. Dang. Good grief. I wonder what happened. Well, we'll, we'll dive uh, We'll dive more. into that? Yeah, okay. we'll dive some more into that as we talk I about the five heartbeats. I can dig it. One thing I tried to look up also, because I, I know a lot of people, including myself, mm. I'm assuming you as well, yeah. came across this movie from video rental yeah. or purchase. Yeah, home entertainment. Exactly. That's where I first came across it. That's how a lot of people came across it. So I tried to look, look up on the numbers to see if they had mm-hmm. any kind of figures on on VHS sales or rentals. The only thing they had was a Blu-ray sales category, and that was only for $149, excuse me, $149,418. Yeah. But I'm like, no. That's, this, made, that's, this made millions. Yeah, like that's not a... That's not accurate. That's that's not the DVD or VHS sales because especially VHS. Because <laughs> anytime I'm around black people, yeah, and I mention the five heartbeats, yeah, every time they're like, oh yeah, like everybody has that reaction to the five heartbeats if they've mm-hmm. seen it. I don't. I haven't met a person that I know who doesn't like the five heartbeats. I've met one person, hmm. and it, uh, how old is he? He should know better. How about that? Mm. Uh, so, so, <laughs> he should know better. And uh, then uh, he like put a like uh, a thing online. He's like, yeah, I said it, Reginald. I don't like the five heartbeats. Put it online, added me at it. And then everybody in his comments was like, are you black? Like They were like questioning his blackness. Shots <laughs> it probably had been like 30 or 40 comments. And they were just like, well, I just never got into it. But he, he loves the Temptations uh, t- uh, miniseries, right? Yeah. So he loves the TV, which yeah. is which is awesome. Yeah, but yes, it's like I was breaking it down to him. Like you don't have the Temptations miniseries without the Five Heartbeats. Come on, now. it doesn't happen. Exactly. Just saying, you people exactly. don't know about uh, Leon. There's a lot going on there that doesn't happen without the Five Heartbeats. This film is a classic, and I think that it helped launch a lot of the, the future biopics that we would see. Whether it was Little Richard. Ray, yeah. Again, the Temptations miniseries. This this came out before the Jacksons' American Dream. 
I think so. Actually, no, they may have been. They may have been around. The, they weren't too far apart. They may have. No, this was this was before. Yeah, and I think the Jacksons ninety one and the Jacksons American Dream was was very close. Kind of proved that there was a market for it. And I wouldn't be surprised if this thing made a hundred million dollars just home entertainment from the rentals and from the VHSLs and then switching over to DVD DVD and then Blu-ray and then the licensing of the film because even Robert Townsend you know we'll talk about later but he was just mentioning that like to this day it's still on Bounce TV it's on all these other it's continuously being like right now it's on HBO exactly it's on HBO Max and here's the thing it's owned by by Fox which means it's owned by Disney uh-huh. So once whatever contract they have going with Max is up, then yeah. it it'll maybe go to Disney Plus or Tubi or or Tubi or or Hulu or uh. any any number of places. But this is this is an evergreen film because it's also a period piece. Yeah, it it stays evergreen, and because it taps into that sound that's so that's so Motown centric. Yeah, it's going to stay evergreen for a long time, and it's just such a well done film. I, I never get tired of seeing this film. Hey, I man. love. I'm glad you this brought film. up this one. Uh, it was cool to come back and watch it. Heck yeah, we've been quoting it <laughs> for a long time on this show. So now, if you have never seen this film, you can learn where some of these wonderful quotes come from. Indeed, I um, yeah, I, I hate that some films are looked at as not being successful or being successful successful solely on just the box office. I mean, because there's films that. You look at you like all right. This made a billion dollars, but uh, when you talk to the the people that watch it, I don't see like like uh, was it rabbit fans? You know what I mean? Like mm. talking about it in the way that like a five heartbeats or like some other cult film. Is it, is it cult following or occult following? Cult following? No, it's cult. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Let <laughs> me get my word English right. We don't want to go occult. No, just just cult. Just cult. Get it together, Reginald. Uh, you know, especially when it comes to stuff that has a cult following. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's different, and a lot of times films that have the cult following that aren't don't necessarily do well uh, at the box office. So I, you know, I just hate that that happens sometimes. It gets that tag or that stigma when it doesn't do well at the box office. But we all know making movies is not easy. Mm-mm. And even once you have a, there are a lot of good movies that by multiple circumstances, whether it's the, the marketing, the timing of the release, mm. other things that happen during the release that are, that have nothing to do with the film directly, but maybe indirectly yeah. can impact how it, well, how, how it plays out at the box office. Mm. And, you know, uh, unfortunately those, the, that first weekend, is so pivotal, so important, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, the 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 studio already had had to have some apprehensions about okay, is there a market for this? And then and then the, apparently the trailer did not didn't did do it justice. I would agree. Um, the, the trailer, when you look back at, it, you're like, what is this? Mm. <laughs> it's it's almost like it's trying to be something that it's not. Mm. It, it's not it's not giving enough of the of the plot. Yeah. To uh to to, to give really us the entice. block. Just go on and just make it. Do mm. what you're supposed to do. Yeah, the trailer makes it too commercial. Mm. Um, but anyhow, before we talk further about, oh wait, wait, what, what was the sentiment at the time? Did anybody did it um, anything show up as, as far as that? So from so kind of let you let everybody know up front. So this particular film doesn't have a commentary track. So to pair with it, Reginald and I we we both watched Robert Townsend's documentary mm-hmm. called "The Making of the Five Heartbeats," which has a wealth of information. On the making of the five heartbeats. Yeah. Great, great companion piece. If you are a fan of the film, highly recommend this documentary. 
But within that documentary, they talk about, number one, how the film didn't perform well in the box office, but from a, a, a sentiment standpoint, people, when they went to see this, particularly people of, of, of color, mm. they loved it. And as we yeah. get into trivia a little bit later, I'm going to give you a list of names of people that have seen the film and yeah. came up came up to the other actors like Leon and told them what they thought about it, what it meant to them. And, just, and the actors and Robert Townsend, over time, they got more and more feedback and they saw just how impactful this film was. And there's one beautiful story we'll share a little bit later mm -hmm. that for Robert Townsend really cemented the impact of this film. Wow. So it's, it's, this is, this is a very, very powerful film. And when it came out during the time, I mean, when I first saw it, I, I fell in love with this film from, from, from the jump. Yeah. I was like, this is great. And I don't know about it, your, in your household, but we grew up listening to Motown. In yeah. my household, mm -hmm. even even in the eighties, my dad loved music. We had a, always had a separate room. I've said it before in our house. I was dedicated to my dad. I mean, it was all his albums and forty fives, always playing music. So the Temptations, the Four Tops, the Dells, you name it. Like it was mm -hmm. playing in our household. So when this film came out, it for all the, for my whole family, it it was like, oh, okay, we we, we got it, the vibe. it all comes together, and it's like it's like a cheat code into the to the black culture mm. um, with the music. Yes, sir. To the hearts. I would say the hearts, yeah. Black folks. Um, yeah. I, yeah, we watch, We listen to a lot of the music as well. Uh, my dad grew up in the 70s as well, you know, mm -hmm. so like uh, 60s, 70s, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that all that music was part of it. That's his, his soundtrack to his life. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know? So, anyhow, uh, but before we talk further about the five heartbeats, let's talk about TV news and movies watched. So, in the news, according to Variety, Oppenheimer and Poor Things take top honors at the Art Directors Guild Awards. Uh, Saltburn, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things were among the winners at the 28th Annual Art Directors Guild Awards, which took place in Hollywood on Saturday evening. Hosted by Max Greenfeld, the Ag Ad Awards celebrated outstanding production design in theatrical motion pictures, television, commercials, animated features, and music videos. Poor Things production designers Shona Heath and James Price drew visual references ranging from paintings to French futurists uh, Albert Robita to Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula to build Yorgos Lanin <laughs> Yorgo Lanthimos's extraordinary sets. In Oppenheimer, Ruth De Jong built Los Alamos from the ground up, but her most challenging task came when she had to build the Oval Office for the film's third act. Working with supervising art director Samantha Englander, the two had floated the idea of a pre-existing build of the Oval Office. They looked no further than HBO's beloved political satire, Veep. Uh, <laughs> not only was... So anyway, so yeah, so those films won some, uh, some major uh, credit for their uh, art direction at the Art Director Guilds Award. Okay. Have, you seen, have you seen Oppenheimer yet? No, I haven't. I, I have not, but I do want to see it. I wanted to watch it. I wanted to watch it in the theater, actually. I just didn't mm -hmm. get, around, get around to... Forking up the cash and doing it. Likewise, we could probably find it in the theater now. Where? Probably the dollar theater now. Yeah. Where? <laughs> I think there's some of those. Uh, uh, it's been a minute since I've been to one, but yeah. I think there used yeah. to be one. There used to be one in Irving. Yeah. Dang. It's been a while. Yes, sir. Other bit of news, according to Variety, box office 
Argyle beats Lisa Frankenstein in slowest Super Bowl weekend of all time. Dang. Matthew Vaughn's spy thriller Argyle emerged victorious over newcomer Lisa Frankenstein in a, a, a moribund box office with both films struggling to show signs of life. <laughs> Argyle claimed the number one spot again with 6.5 million at 3,605 North American venues, uh, making a steep 62% decline from its disappointing debut Dang. after a two week release. And Apple's big budget caper has generated 28.8 million at the domestic box office and a dismal 60 million globally. It costs 200 million to produce and Ooh. stands as the year's first big bomb. 200 million? Sir, horror comedy Lisa Frankenstein created a second place, you know, no, uh, catered in second place with 3.8 million from a 3144, 3,144 venues. Uh, a terrible start for any movie in wide release. And <laughs> <laughs> Roddy is going in on them. Um, however, Focus Features uh, only spent 13 million to make the film which may cushion the box office shortcomings. Ah, smart. Yeah, man. That, that budget would kill you, man. Yes, Dang. sir. Wow. Um, what have you been watching, man? I have been watching... Down, down. Sorry, my... No worries. I'll, I'll mention what I've mentioned, uh, what I've watched. I've been kind of... haven't really watched anything new. I don't think uh, last time I watched... Um, did I mention I, I ended up watching Baki? I'm in the process of knocking that out. Baki. The Netflix no, martial arts I know you, special. I know, I know you had finished the other show, yes. anime you had been watching. So you started mm -hmm. Baki. Yes. Okay. And I've been loving it. And it's very gruesome and... Welcome, sir. Welcome. <laughs> Gruesome and welcome to the fray. Violent and it's wild, man. It is, Baki is yeah, wild. It is wild. I um, yeah, I've been enjoying. It. It's a different, it's a different cup of tea than the other one, but just as violent. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, man. And it's oh, yeah. When you get, they're gonna introduce some historical figures that you you're like. Wait, what? It's yeah. it's very interesting how they they get into the history mm -hmm. of of fighting. Mm -hmm. Like some stuff, I'm like looking up, like okay, let me, you know, they start breaking down a certain. That actually sent me through a, um, a rabbit hole when they start ah, talking about certain different like, styles, yeah, like the Wing Chun and how they block or the karate and how their style works. And I was just like, wow, send me down in a rabbit hole of martial arts. And it's funny, like on YouTube, because you have these people that are are full, you know, martial artists and start lifestyle and. The biggest thing now in martial arts is uh, does your certain style, does it work with real fighting? And mm. so you'll see people that have studied that, you know, they practice Wing Chun and they're just so they're just stuck on like a certain Kung Fu. But when they go up against like, say, like a UFC fighter, MMA fighter, they get jacked up. You know what I mean? There's those videos, guys. Showing he's. I'll go up against any of you guys. They're tied into their form so much that they. Yeah, and and, and it's not a practical. Uh, some of these art forms are not practical for a real fight. Sure. You know, yeah. it's good for, you know, as an art or a piece to look at. Right. But as far as not practical, I mean, some of this stuff, like the stance is like, because always when, I, when I'm fighting or whatever, when I used to, um, kind of by the side, kind of like how a Taekwondo person would be to the side, not like facing towards somebody. Right. You want to make yourself less of a target. Yeah. And your groin is open. All of this is open when you sit, especially like with some of the Wing Chun stuff is like, you're right in front of the person. You're just an open target. Like you're mm. going to get jacked up. So you, you know, move to the side. Then sometimes some of the Taekwondo people leave their hands down because of the sport nature of it. So, cause it's an Olympic sport. Um, they rely heavily on just kicks and points. 
But like in the real fight, you better put your hands up. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So kind of mixing a part of that. But anyhow, it sent me down a rabbit hole of just looking at YouTube and martial arts. And like it's been it's been cool to kind of go back and look at that stuff. All right. All right. All right. So uh, some new things that I've been watching this week. So I watched, based on your recommendation, I watched Leave the World Behind on Netflix. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed that. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Interesting, very interesting. If you haven't checked it out, it's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Julia Roberts. Yeah. In a, in a kind of role I hadn't really seen her before. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, very, very interesting, very fascinating. Did you um, um, did you enjoy the Friends reference in there? I did. <laughs> I, I, I appreciated that. I was like, okay, I see why. All right, all right. That's very... Uh, Interesting that kind of while while I'm literally going through the show and then yeah. the you see them and it's it's referenced right right in there, um, but yeah, so that's something I, I checked out as well. Also, I watched all of Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon Prime. Wow, Donald Glover, yes sir, all eight it's eight episodes. Oh man, thoughts? And yeah, I dug it. Really? Yeah, it is. Looking at the trailer, I, you know. This looks like, okay, this is worth looking into. And it looks like a different spin from the film version. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen the film version. One of my, yeah, this has this has its own flavor for sure. The From the film version, um, it uh, the film version, I can talk from that one, it's kind of one of my favorites, like kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. Where, and you and the the charisma from Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, no wonder why they fell in love. Like, ah. you you know, they're in the height, close to the height of their prettiness or their handsomeness, and they're just around each other. You can just see it. You can see it on the screen, and it's just hilarious to see how they treat each other in that uh, chemistry. Man, chemistry. I'm going to have to re. I'm gonna, I'll, this makes me want to revisit that film. Yeah, that one is great because they're put to, in Mr. and Mrs. Film, the film, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the movie. Um, they are. They're not forced to be together. They want to be together. Mm. And they discover that they're spies. Aha. Uh-huh. That's the premise. Gotcha. Whereas this one's different. Yeah, this is like expanding on that universe. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I don't want to give anything away. Okay. But, but yeah, definitely worth checking out some really good performances from Donald Glover and the actress. Ah, I'm, blanking, I'm blanking on her name. I'm, I know it's a discredit to her. Now, let me, let me, let me look up her name. Great. I got I to gotta give, give her a shout out. Yes, indeed. Um, what else have I been watching? Um, so um, Club Shay Shay has been pop culture now. That, it might as well just be like the new Oprah show, you know, because like how everybody wanted to be on Oprah. If they had something to sell, market, whatever, that is a show you go to. So as of right now, um, the most recent person that was on there is Monique. Monique, yeah, yeah it's been it, popping up all over my YouTube feed. I haven't watched feed. it yet, but yeah, she's. It's not as entertaining as the Cat Williams one. I felt like the Cat Williams one was just like a stand up. It, it felt like a special with him sitting down. Well, that that's a that's a viral moment. It, it, it's. Yeah, it's hard to capture to, that. To do yeah. what to do what that did, it's that's not an everyday no. thing. That's no, no, a, no. And I watch other um, episodes, but she she is revealing a lot of truth about what Cat Williams is saying, and kind of you know how she kind of got blackballed by um, certain people in Hollywood, and she kind of expounds on that, and you know, kind of talks about how like kind of like her resurgence. And so, but yeah, entertaining. It's good, and kind of expounds on some more things dealing with Hollywood. Okay. Uh, with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, again, I mentioned Donald Glover. His co-star is one Maya Erskine. Erks, Erks, Erskine. There we go. 
Erskine. Does a, she does a great job. And some of the episodes are directed by Donald Glover's Atlanta director, uh, collaborator. Maya Erskine. And she's a person of color, right? Yes. she's. She says she's Japanese in the production. Okay. Right. But uh, but yeah, it's the direct directing. Huh, the directing responsibilities are split between several directors: Karina Evans, Hiro Morai, Amy Simitz, and the first episode was directed by one Donald Glover, and also Christopher Spring Springer or Springer. So yeah. Okay. What else have you been watching, man? I also watched uh, an episode of Love and WWE. Bianca and Montez. So this is a, a new Hulu series, uh, kind of in the vein of uh, Total Divas, uh, Nikki and, and, and Bella, Brie, they, they have their own reality show, um, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Miz, I forget the name of it, but, but like, you know, the Miz and his wife, Mar- Marseille, they have their own reality show in USA. Okay. And now we have, uh, really the first black couple, to have their their own reality show. So Bianca Belair, she's WWE superstar. She's headlined WrestleMania several times. Her and Sasha Banks were the first two black women to headline WrestleMania a couple of years back. Present she, history, folks. Yes, sir. She's a she's a multiple time WWE Women's Champion. She and she is crazy athletic. Like Bianca is one of she's one of the best professional wrestlers out there today. Okay, and she's super popular. She's super strong, super athletic. Like just. Yeah, she's got it. Is it a surprise? <laughs> I've seen other. No, she's next level. She's like I, I've, yeah. I've I've seen athletic black women wrestle, but no, no, no. Beyond, I'm not beyond. even talking about wrestling. I mean, just like black women uh, being athletic. You know, kind of like Simone Biles in the gymnastic things. Like she does things in gymnastic that no one else can do to the point that they have banned her move. They have banned her move. No one can do it because she's the only one that can do it. Wow. Now, no, Bianca is next up. I, I watched her, like, they did this, like, challenge one day, and she picked up one of the heaviest dudes, like, this guy named Otis. This guy's, like, he's 300 pounds. Yeah. She carried him on her back and went through this obstacle course. I'm like, what in the world? She's strong. Yeah. Anyway, so but so it's her, and then her, her, her husband is a guy named Montez, Montez Ford. Mm-hmm. He is, he's part of a tag team called the Street Profits. And he's super athletic. He's charismatic, but he, he's he's been in this tag team scene for for a minute. And they both came up through the the NXT system together. And that's where they met, got married. But he's been stuck in this tag team mode. He has the, he has the potential to go solo and 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 I, I'd love to see him you know be a champion. And he wants that, but he's still stuck in this tag team spot. And so they they're kind of talking through these things on on the on the first episode. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. And again, I, I like Montez. He's a man of God. Like constantly on his Twitter, he just mm-hmm. puts God is good. Like that's all he posts. God, like every day, God is good. Okay. God is good. Rock but he's roll. but he's he can be very over the top. And I think I think I think he could with all that charisma, he could go further if he character wise goes I don't know if he needs to break bad and go heal. Uh, eventually, he's going to have to turn on his tag partner and break out and go solo. But he's got the potential. And the dude, dude has crazy hops. Like when he does the frog splash, when he does it, he jumps and sometimes goes out of the camera frame. Let's go. And boom, and then comes down. So, But anyway, so that's their, their reality show. It's on Hulu. Uh, eight episodes or so. But I watched the first one. And it's all leading up to mm-hmm. the WrestleMania from 
last year, but it's like it's like seven weeks out from that time. But just seeing how they live their life, pretty entertaining. How they do their thing, it was yeah. pretty entertaining. Okay. So I'm, I might I might watch some more of it. We'll see. But uh, okay. I, I want to at least show it some love, give it some support. Okay. And okay. then lastly, you got you got anything else? I don't have it. I'm saving one for next week. Okay. The last thing that I, I'm in the process of watching is Summer of Soul. This is a okay, yeah, yeah, a documentary from 2000, 2021, 2020. That sounds about right. Yeah, by, by yes, Questlove. because um, if I'm not mistaken, um, that might have been the era when the Oscars. Everybody was at home during those Oscars. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, it could have been the virtual Oscars. Aha. But yeah, so I mean, the process. I'm about three fourths of the way through that. It's just a, a pretty amazing documentary. Seeing like just in 1969, there was this uh, festival held mm-hmm. in Harlem, and it brought out thousands of black folks or people of color uh, in general, and uh, all kinds of acts. Didn't mean to cut you off, but I think that was the slap Oscars. So because the slap happened, it took. If I'm not mistaken, I could Ooh. be wrong, but I think the slap took away from the fact that like Questlove and all these other people yeah. had movies that were like going to get some shine. Chris Rock may have been <laughs> he's presenting that. Was that the award he was presenting? I don't even remember. Was it? Um, That's a really good question. Let me. Yeah. Like um, but yeah, so I think that was the thing because the slap kind of took all the shine away from these other films that people kind of didn't really know about that they weren't in the theaters like that or they were in the theaters just to kind of um, qualify for the Oscars. And uh, the slap kind of took the shine away from a lot of films. And this one being one of them because uh, Questlove produced it, directed it or just directed it. Can't remember specifically, but uh was up for an award, and if I'm not mistaken, he he won the award. But yeah, the slap took shine away. Um, okay, it's all coming back to me now. Those interesting times we were living in. Yeah. Yes. 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 It was. So anyway, so I'm, I'm about three fourths of the way through that. But so far, it's very interesting. Just a phenomenal. Cavalcade of talent from um, Mavis Staples and the Staples Singers to Gladys Knight and the Pips, Sly and the Family Stone, Stevie Wonder. Uh, That's so for real. Yeah, yeah, some powerful, some powerful acts, and it's and it's that interesting time where you had different gospel acts that would be up there singing alongside different like blues acts, like like BB King. Yeah, like he's he's up there uh, at one point. But you've got mm-hmm. you've got just active gospel being sang alongside R and B and blues. And uh, yes, that's a powerful thing. Okay, I can dig it. Um, anything else? Uh, just to, you know, I'm still working through Friends. I'm on season seven, so you know, three more seasons to go, and yeah, it'll be it'll it's be a, a marathon. Wrap. It's a marathon. Folks. Yeah, but no, I was enjoying it. It's it's, it's still been good. It's still been solid. So okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to finish one out. Right. Not like Dallas. I, I, I had oh pause. yeah, what I had are, pause on Dallas. <laughs> what are happening to Dallas? Like that's like twenty episodes, a twi- twenty seasons, right? Something uh, like that. Fifteen, sixteen, but Holy that's like forty five minutes of pop. So I think that's I, got, rough. I think I got through up to season. I'm like five, five, eight. Wow. I have to go back. And I see. mean, that in itself is a feat. That's 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 that, 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 that one's again. Friends, you can do twenty two minute episodes. All right, bam, boom, yeah, bam, can, I, we'll I move, rock we'll that. move, yeah. we'll groove. We, yeah. Dallas, yeah. Invest. So Man. we'll see. And again, I'm still also, you know, True Detective season four, still working through that. And it's still fascinating. It's going to be interesting to see how that, how that one wraps. Okay. But that's it. And today's show is sponsored by Natural Hair the Movie by Grind Over Matter Films, available to stream on YouTube, on Roku On Demand, and Tubi. 
On Demand. Please check it out and leave a review. Now let's jump back into the show. Thank you for tuning in to Filmmaker Commentary. We're talking about The Five Heartbeats, directed by Robert Townsend, written by Robert Townsend and Keenan Ivan Waynes. And uh, let's jump into the synopsis. A pitch-perfect story of five young friends drawn together by music. Their dreams of fame and fortune take them from amateur nights in ghetto clubs to the pinnacle of show business success and personal tragedy. The Five Heartbeats. I'm going to push back on that word ghetto clubs. I didn't think the clubs were in this. I know, right? Ghetto. <laughs> they, they may not have been the, the richest, but they, they didn't look bad. The people there were dressed up, dressed, you know, look, looking nice. The clubs didn't look ghetto to me. I'm just, I'm just going to. Yeah. Take that, uh, whoever wrote this synopsis on the back of this DVD. Just a little minor pushback. Yeah. Uh, that's probably just kind of going on uh, Choir Boy, how he felt, you know, the clubs were. <laughs> And when you see him in the club, he's looking like nervous. He's like the way he's looking. <laughs> he got PTSD. When, he got <laughs> when he's on the road, you can see like when they were. Did you see that? When jumpy. The, yeah, that when first they, one at the. Uh, how was that hotel? That 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 venue called the something palace. Yeah. Uh, man, we on our way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, he was like, like he doesn't want to touch it. He's like, yeah. He, maybe my daddy was right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, did you want to introduce our cast? I would love to introduce the cast of the five heartbeats. First off, we have the writer, director, producer, actor, man, Robert Townsend as Donald Duck Matthews. Wow. I didn't even put that together. Like the Donald, like, Oh, cause I just, come on duck. So that, that stuck in my head, but yeah, dang Donald Duck. Let's go. Yes, sir. Uh, we also have one Michael Wright yeah. as the incomparable man. Eddie King Jr. Let's go. We have the ladies' man, one Leon, as J.T. Mm-hmm. Matthews. I don't know what the J and the T stand for. I forget. Yep. Jonathan Thomas? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but J.T. Matthews. Better believe it. We have the, 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 the dulcet tones of one Harry Lennox <laughs> as Dresser. Yep. He, has, he has a full name I wrote down somewhere in my... Dress up in, in my in my notes, <laughs> but, but, but I'll come back. I'll come back to oh, this, the character's quote. full name. Uh, we also have one Tico or Tycho Wells. Oh, okay, yeah. As choir boy Kenneth. Oh, did I have the wrong name? No, no, you're you're, you're right. It's, okay, uh, it's like Kenneth. No, Anthony Choir Boy Stone. Stone. <laughs> <Come> rock. <laughs> <laughs> you put the whole thing, thing together. Y'all yes. write most of the uh, we, we have the, the incomparable uh, Diane Carroll. Come on now. As Eleanor. Yeah. Yeah. Potter. We, has, we have the late great Harold Nicholas as Sarge. Yeah. And then I want to make sure we, that I mention, uh, and there's, a, there's, a, there's some good cast members. Like I was yeah. We have John Canada Terrell as Michael Flash. Turner. Ah. Uh, we have Chuck Patterson mm-hmm. as the manager, Jimmy. Jimmy. Potter. And we also have the unforgettable. Yeah. Infamous. Yes. Hawthorne James as Big Red. <laughs> Gotta love it. Now, I'm just an old country boy. Yeah. With a small little label. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> uh, then, uh, yeah, I could, I could, I could go on through this. Through you this just cast. list everybody. Forget about it. Man, you know what I mean? Man, there's, I there's, mean. There's, 
lot, lot of great. It's definitely a, a a film where it took a team ensemble. Uh huh. Yes, it, it took a team to to make this happen. Because I mean, well, the film is like okay, the star is is carrying the load for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that made me think of um, what movie was that? The Quentin Tarantino movie with Brad Pitt and um, uh, 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 oh, the, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you just carried the load for him? Carry his load? Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> his job. Uh anyhow, uh, how did you watch this film, and how'd you watch it again? First time I watched this film was circa maybe actually I may have actually still been ninety one because if this was out of theaters by April it was probably on video by you know, by the summertime maybe yeah and maybe watch from let's say, I'll just say let's say it's ninety two okay ninety two Grand Forks North Dakota CCI video that's our place we rented videos <laughs> but I remember we we picked it up we saw the cover my dad and I were there it was Friday night that's what we would do we look at some comic books. Pick up, pick up a movie to take back home to watch with the fam, and yeah, we, we sat in front of the TV, popped it in, and I knew who Robert Townsend was yeah. during that time because he he had had a comedy special on HBO mm-hmm. that was really funny. He mm-hmm. they do all these spoofs of different stuff. It was very very well done. But so popped it in and just seeing that that opening scene, hearing the the music play. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing this older guy sitting there, and all of a sudden we go into a flashback. <laughs> And then it's yeah, that hum sounds just like yeah, that's an intro, and you know, and it's and it's history from there. It's like seeing this film. It just, it just, ah, man, it, it's a, it's a vibe. Yeah, as a young folks say now, it's 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 a whole vibe. This film is a Fast. vibe, and I, I, this is my favorite film. Wow. Yeah, this is my favorite film. Wow. I can I say that with confidence. Dang. Five Heartbeats, my favorite film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to this day, f- feels good. So for me, same thing. Um, it was a VHS that was purchased, and so <laughs> we ran the brakes off that VHS. Mm. Like we were pl- we rewinding it, playing it again, rewinding it, playing it over and over and over again. Like the whole movie is like in my brain. Yes, sir. Um, it, it, and it's like part of the zeitgeist zeitgeist of black folks, yes, especially sir. from that era. You know, you just drop. If you just go to a random black person that's probably in their late thirties to fifties and just mention Eddie K. Jr., more than like Eddie K. Jr. Yeah, more than likely they're gonna know what you're talking about. This this is a highly quotable film, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Highly quotable. It's if you if you if you if you go to someone and you say, "And my office hours are from night to five. You know what's up. You know what's up. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, so this time watching it, it was on HBO's because of uh, the making of the five heartbeats. Uh, Robert Townsend was promoting that five years ago. Yes, sir. And so watch that. So I haven't watched it since then. It's been a few years. So I have watched it. But I for to get ready for this um, podcast, this episode, I kind of just started watching some of his promo campaigns when he would go to like the breakfast club or go to these other things just try to catch something okay something you different. know because i know you were watching the making of so i was like okay you're gonna give me that let me see if i can glean something from some of these interviews that he was nice, doing so nice. i kind of took a different approach uh, i appreciate that. that i appreciate that coming yes, with a different a different approach but i was so happy to hear that he was doing the making of the five heartbeats yes because i was like yes give me i want all the details give me it. and man the only thing i regret excuse me, is that there was a chance to go and see him in New York at a screening of this. Really? Yeah. 
And I, yeah, like he was doing a screening of this and was you know, X amount of seats open. And I, I, I really wish I had found the funds, found a way and gone up, gone to that. Man. Yeah. yeah. That would have been cool. It was, but we were, we were, we were in the throes of making our own film at the time. Hey, it is what it is. Yeah. So. Robert Dunn's would understand. <laughs> we we need him on the uh, episode, on this show. Oh man, I would I would even if it was virtually, it could happen. I would I would love to uh, see that happen. S- yeah, so kind of in relation to something we were mentioning earlier, in mm-hmm. relation to Dwayne McDuffie, Static Shock, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Uh, he actually had a cameo on the show Black Lightning. Oh really? He played okay. He played I think the principal on Black Lightning on that on that show. I remember seeing him a couple times there. You gotta let our, our audience know because there was a previous conversation. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we were <laughs> offline. We were having a conversation just about this Black History Month. We're talking about just different different Black artists, yeah. influencers, and so I'd mention uh, a a writer named Dwayne McDuffie who had his prominence in both Marvel and DC Comics. He's also one of the co-founders of Milestone Comics, where we get characters like Static Shock, Icon, Hardware, etc. And Anyway, so I I made mention of him and just his his influence within yeah. the world of of comics and animation. And he's since passed away, but he's definitely worthwhile looking into. He's he was a genius of a of a man, and yeah, just his legacy deserves to be celebrated. Indeed. Um, what did you um, What did you like or not like about the film? <laughs> okay, I. <laughs> I like a lot about this film. Uh, I love the cast. I love, I love the music in the film. Yeah. I love the performances. I love the story. I love the resolution. Yeah. And actually, I forgot to mention this. Got caught up. So excited to talk about this. If this is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary, please know that there will be spoilers. spoilers. You've been mid-warned. Yeah. So I love all those things. The thing that I don't like about the five heartbeats is the the soundtrack release. Yeah. That that was one of the most disappointing soundtrack releases ever because for whatever reason somebody decided not to just have the original recordings from that that are in the film, but to have other artists record the songs. There's some great artists, yeah. but that's not who I want to hear. Yeah. I want to hear the voices that rec- I want, and I want full versions of the song. Like, yeah. I, w- I want a full version of In the Middle. Oh, what they originally recorded. Yes. Whoever that was singing, even if it was some of the actors, come on, man. You know, I, I, I want I want Just In Case. Like, there are songs missing. Like, yeah. where is Just In Case? You gotta have like, that. That's so powerful. And I'm, I've been waiting for years. That's, that's one of the questions I would have asked Robert. Mr. Townsend, where is an original re-release of, of the actual songs from the film Onto a, a playlist. I'll take a playlist on Spotify. Yeah. Like, just give me something. That's true. Because I, I, man, that that's that's the one kind of glaring omission to uh, to the five harmonies. But even honestly, just from a release standpoint, it took a long time for even the Blu-ray to to come out. Like, yeah. That was that was a long time coming. I remember I had the DVD for the longest. I'm like, when's the Blu-ray dropping? And it finally did a few years ago. But it was. I was like, dude, come on. Yeah, Look, what's what's going on here? It's like one of those films that's just kind of dug up, but I think the the fans are keeping it alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. you know, there's some movies that's going to be out there no matter what. Yeah. Um, if it does well or not, doesn't matter. It's just going to be there. It's going to be a staple. Uh, this it seems like this film has the fans are keeping it alive, like asking questions, like, "Hey, where's uh, the?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know the studio owns it, so it'd be different if if they. I wish Robert Townsend. If they and the other producers, if they had found a way to keep ownership of it, um, it would be a very different situation. It'd be like the ladies who produce uh, uh, Dirty Dancing, you know what I mean? How they were able to kind of make their money 
and really don't have to do any other films because that movie made them wealthy. Mm. Um, I would agree with you with the soundtrack and because that was disappointing because I was expecting we had the CD we played it and I was like what's I was confused. I was. <laughs> I almost did that CD like they did the album cover. They throw it across the street. <laughs> Where's the original music? Yeah, oh, something's I was, wrong. I was hot. I was hot. I was in high school when I when I finally found the CD and I yeah. bought it. No, I wasn't in high school. Wait, maybe I was. Yeah, no, because I remember I bought it on on base. I had that and I bought the NBA fifty. It was like senior year, like NBA fifty, whatever. I bought yeah. both at the same time, and I remember putting that in and I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> Who is this? Yeah. Why? Patty LaBelle. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Mm. Very yeah. confusing. Gosh, this disappointing. It is. Um, so yeah, I would definitely agree with that. What did I like? I like everything about it. Um, this is the, uh, I wrote down the consensual black film. If somebody wants to kind of get a dose like a dose of black history or how does it feel to be a black American? Cause I mean, you, you know, you could be quote unquote black, but not necessarily know what the black American experience is, what it feels like to live over here. Um, I think this film kind of jumps into a little bit of everything, you know, from the religious stuff to the street stuff. And you see that at the beginning, um, the racism, the different classes within black society. Mm. Um, it kind of touches a little bit on everything. Family dynamics as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then I just like the life. There's life and business lessons in the film. Very true. Very true. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, there is also. Yeah, no, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, I again, I, I love this film. I know I'm gushing a bit, <laughs> but it's just it is this is it, it is black excellence. And yeah, tip of the hat to Robert Townsend and Keenan Ivory Wayans mm -hmm. Wayans for their the script that they crafted because it, it each, each of these characters feels so fleshed out yeah. and, and, and distinct. Mm -hmm. And that's a bit of a trope. We've got plenty of films where, you know, we, we, we see it now with, with any given boy band, right? Everybody kind of has, has a, a, a role or the, the kind of person that they are, but, mm -hmm. but these characters feel flushed out and, and lived in and, and they've got these nicknames where you, you kind of just, you've got an endearment to them mm -hmm. and yeah. And they got their they each has, has their, their own arc. That's true. Both individually yeah. Yeah. and collectively. Yeah. You're like, wow. Absolutely. Okay. You know, Duck, his his arc is to he's he's retired as as a as a as a writer perform, performer, but yeah. but you can tell he's still writing. Yeah. He's probably written for many other artists over over time. Mm -hmm. Made his money, lives, lives wherever at his lives beach, well. At, at, yeah, at his, <laughs> at, his, at his beach. He's he's comfortable. <laughs> Duck is comfortable. Dude. We got JT who no, is is you know is the first one to get married between him and his brother. Still makes good on his promise to yeah. whoever has kids first to, to to name one of their kids after his brother. Though he's estranged from his brother at yeah. the beginning of the film. Yeah, we have Dresser who is he's kind of the he's kind of the the star with he's kind of like unchanging. He's he kind of holds the group together too. Yeah. So he's kind of like the glue. Yeah. He's he's a rock. He's 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 stable. He's he's a he's a voice of reason. Mm -hmm. So you get him pissed off, and then, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, he's <laughs> and, but he he got he has a little bit of resentment towards Eddie that you know that gets yeah, resolved absolutely. At the, at the end. Yeah. And then you got you got Choir Boy who goes on this journey of he's the prodigal son. Yeah, there right? you go. He, yeah. go, he Come goes on. off on, on the journey. Come on, religion. You know? And then you know, <laughs> and, then he, and then he comes back, and he, he he's the one that reaches out to to Duck. You know. Come on. Yeah. Gets him to come back. I've got a surprise for you. 
You know, I've invested a large portion of my earnings to do my father's church. Oh, come on, wow, man. Okay. And then, of course, we've got... The church looks better? I don't think we've seen the church before, but just assuming. Yeah, and, then we, and then we get, of course, we get Eddie. And yeah. we get that beautiful surprise at the end yeah. of, of this. He's introduced by his voice yeah. because the camera is on duck and then... You hear the yeah. voice? Oh, yeah. oh, come on. What's oh, what's and you kind of get, you get the feels. And, yeah. and then also we, we see, you know, this, 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 this older Eddie, but he's alive. It's like, yeah. oh, man, that's just... And Dude, at the time so that this movie came out, I was deep into the church. Like, we went every Sunday. We went mm-hmm. Wednesdays. We were just, it was integrated in our life. And yes, I went sir. to a black AME church, small church, wood, the old school wood, bad acoustics, mm-hmm. old organ. And in order to sound good in that church, you had to sing. You had to sing. sing. So we had a guy in there that sounded just like R. Kelly. And what? you're talking about tear the house down mm. so that scene and you know he passed away he's passed away since then but uh uh that last scene in the five heartbeats uh that last sequence uh reintroducing eddie is like oh man it reminds me of that the energy of being in church again mm-hmm. of, like uh, a black church and you got the black voices behind you and they hit those points like you we even like when robert, robert sitting is like take your time <laughs> yeah. you know those things you, that you, you hear in the black church come on yeah you know, it's, it's like, it hits people differently. So yeah. yeah, so somebody that ain't been there in a while, haven't heard that, mm. he can't help but get up. Especially as a man, that doesn't like usually men a little bit take a little longer to get up. You know, and, right. uh, we're a little bit more reserved in the church. You know, things have changed since but, the nineties. But, but it, he's seeing his he's seeing he, like his he, brother, gets he thought up. was that he thought was dead gone, and now he's he's alive. He's been reborn and well. Yes, it do well. So that that I was like, man, and, and back with his woman. Yeah, how about that? Back with baby doll, and so, man, it's so it's 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 the ending is just beautiful, kind of like like Richard Donner says, giving you hope. Like this film gives you a sense of hope at the end. It's it's a beautiful ending. Yeah, man, it just, it just it's you feel like yeah, you feel good at the end. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. really do feel good. All we the appreciate that. Try, you feel good at the end. <laughs> yeah. We don't get that often in these films, son. So we appreciate that. Very true. Very true. Ready to go, Mister. Towns. So the movie didn't have commentary, um, but you have the DVD. Did it have any good special features at all? There are several special features that dive into some specifics, such as there's some bony bonus <laughs> bony some <laughs> some bonus footage viewing options that uh, says you can see the film's uh, exclusive deleted scenes. Oh, I didn't really dive into those. Okay, I, I find I find myself not diving into the deleted scenes too much. I don't want to kind of get them mixed up with other things that I've already uh, documented. Uh, there's a Robert Townsend profile. I'm sure you can see more of the films that he's made over time. Mm. There's the original making of featurette. There's also the five all new featurettes, such as Meet the Five Heartbeats, where they're, of course, interviewing each of the cast members, the director's process in the studio. Oh, in the studio. Okay, that's where we actually meet the five guys who actually are the voices of the five heart five heartbeats. You get to actually see them and kind of how they came together and harmonized and, and, and sang to perform all of the all the music for the film. There's the a feature called The Look where they get into how they did the hair and makeup for the heartbeats. And then there's the nomination. I don't remember what that was about. And then there's there's trailers. So yeah, that's it. So it's a couple of nice little features. Nothing too substantial that I, you could really gain too much from a, a trivia or tip standpoint. But again, that's why we watch the making of. Indeed. Um, from a tone standpoint, 
um, film. It opens up with that sentimental soft music. Um, you were like you mentioned Robert Townsend. He's at his beachfront home. We follow him. Like, oh, what's going on here? You know, he's got the mail. Goes back. Like, dang, there's a beach at the bot. You know, in his backyard. Hey, <laughs> he's doing all right. Sits back and he's, he's looking through the mail, and then pulls out that Rolling Stone. Was it Rolling Stone? Where are they now? Rolling Stone yeah. uh, magazine, and then and it kind of goes from there to. Um, it, it's like he looks at the water like he looks from that magazine then he looks towards the ocean and mm-hmm. then it kind of does this transition and then we see it goes transition from there to baby doll and the crystals yes <laughs> and they're singing a song called i love joy and then we have john witherspoon as the mc and then we're just introduced to all these characters through their music you know so when they introduce later on you can kind of recall like oh that's so-and-so and we see their come up you know these different groups as all they're coming groups, yeah like and then it looks like they're all coming out of the same place it's almost like a motown yeah kind of vibe they're all coming from the same place mm-hmm. that they would all reach a certain level of prominence bird in the midnight falcons flash in the ebony sparks yeah Five heartbeats, baby doll in the crystals. Yeah, yeah. Monica Mom's success, but yeah. I think I think on that on the, if you pause on that magazine cover, all four of those groups are featured there. Okay, okay, yes, sir. So yeah, so the, like it's setting the tone right away. It's like okay, let's get into this thing. I'll tell you what, I I love that key art of them where it says you know the five heartbeats, a, a, a classy affair. I think is what the name of the album, mm-hmm. but it's all, all them in the tuxedos and the top looking like hats. the Temptations in there. One hundred percent, one hundred. But it, but it's. I want a shirt. Like I want a shirt of that album Ooh, cover. That would be dope. That would be dope. But yeah, I, I love that that key art. And, and when you when you find the film, like there's always different key art that they that they use. Like the one that's on this DVD now is a a very photoshopped image of yeah a Michael Wright as Eddie King with with a microphone and a cigarette in hand yeah. Uh, and then the the heartbeats break down where they have the the sequence suits <laughs> yeah. that they that they that they tear off. I'm trying to remember what the VHS looked like. What do you remember what the VHS looked like? Was it the one where they're like all smiling and there's a heart behind them? Was that so. the key art? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Which again, that's that doesn't tell. I think that's probably that doesn't tell much for the. I don't know from a. Uh, marketing standpoint it's like eh, that's yeah. that's that's okay <laughs> i think they missed the mark with the marketing yes they absolutely <laughs> did absolutely did um yeah uh what do you think uh, from a tone, tone standpoint, standpoint yeah. yeah this is this is a drama with like very expertly done moments of comedy and they they, yeah. they, they strike that those tones mm-hmm. brilliantly because it, 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 when you need to feel you feel it. It's earned. And mm-hmm. then when you need that comic relief and that laugh, it hits. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, man, that's, I think between the two sensibilities of Robert Townsend and, and Keenan Ivory Waynes and, and Townsend even says that, you know, we may know Keenan for his comedy, but he, he, he put a lot of heart yeah. or gave, gave a lot of the characters heart in this film, like a sensitivity mm-hmm. for the characters. I'm like, you know, kudos, kudos to, to Keenan. Again, we don't often associate him with, with that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Facts. Uh, from a music standpoint, we got Stanley Clark doing the score, who's known from Static Shock. Um, he did music there, did music for Boys in the Hood, and pretty much everything black. <laughs> so <laughs> if you look up Stanley Clark, I mean, that that's what he's associated with. So when you hear those little soft transitions of the score, that's Stanley Clark doing his thing and like kind of hitting the strings, hitting your heartstrings like, dang. Uh, it's it's like perfect when he drops it because it's like even that transition going from the ocean to uh, baby doll it's like there's a little what's that music um, but yeah he he knows he knows what he's doing 
Um, from a style standpoint, what do you think they're doing from a stylistic standpoint? Man, it's, you know, Bill Dill is the cinematographer mm-hmm. on this, and he is he's, he's excellent at what he does. Uh, from, from, from great tight shots and close-ups uh, to, I mean, I guess when I think about it, there's... There's some camera movement. Yeah, especially like for example, uh, when they're throwing the, uh, the album. That's, the that's album exactly cover. what I thought about the, the, the pan Just out, like with the with the, got crane. the bird's eye view, and then at the end of the film, we're going back out over the backyard, which is a trope, right? The, yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, yeah well, pull away. All right, I think we're done with this story. Um, but uh, from a framing standpoint, it's very classic the way that mm-hmm. it's done. You know, he's not getting too crazy there. We're keeping it. Pretty simple with the cutaways. He realized heavily. It's, it's like a um, like a classic Hollywood style, though. What they're doing, you like, you see, you see the action, then you see the reaction from the people's face, and that actually tells you how you should be feeling. Very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're really going to get a reactionary shots mm-hmm. from 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 the different actors. But yeah, when people do something, you see them because people like, like when <laughs> yeah. when Duck is is so pissed at JT at the awards, and he, yeah. he's and he's you know. You know, they, they cut to each of them like, you know, I want to, you know, you know, say, they said I'm going to be a better writer when I've suffered more. Oh. And I want to thank my wife and, you know, and JT. And they cut to each of them, you know, like. Oh, that's, that's a quote. He's yeah. Like, he, JT's looking all, all you know, sn- smug. Yeah. And then Doug starts to curse his name. And then yeah. he's like, no, don't, don't do this here. And Absolutely. Get the reactions. You see, you had to add to that. Like when, when in that particular scene, because uh, we just found out that. His brother's been sleeping with his fiance, basically, or they have a history. Um, yes. And he did. He did. He was unaware of this. It'd be different if he knew, but he didn't. And she didn't want to tell him. And his brother's trying to get her to tell him because Initially he's trying to get her to not marry him. Yes. And then she, when she says no, she looks. She's in love with him. Mm-hmm. He tries to get her to tell him, and she's she won't do it. She's. I've, I've come to really not like her. Yeah, she was an unlikable was character like, at the beginning. Before I was like, oh, well, you're really pretty. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> you can get away with a lot when you're pretty. This is true. But now I'm like, <laughs> no. Because now, like, man, she only Now pops, you've crossed the line. She only, po- <laughs> she only pops back up when he when he gets famous the first time. She shows up he'll there take like. It. He'll take it. Hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then she's sleeping with his brother, too. I'm like, nah, you're doing dirt. Sorry. You got to go. It um so the scene but before she's still, fine. still fine yeah but you're fine but she'll be fine alone alone uh, leading up to the scene that's when we discover all this is going down and uh, and it's a swerve because he said he he thinks that choir boy yeah like that's that's a that's a brilliant it took twist. me a while like to to figure out the triangle there because when I, as a kid I was like huh what's what's going on so she's sleeping with choir boy and da, 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 da. Mm. and then when you see I don't know I forget her name her character's name but she's arguing with um, JT and then he's like she tells him I'm tired of Tanya you. Tanya Tanya she Tanya's telling uh, JT that she's tired of him sending messages Passages through choir, choir boy. boy so I'm like oh <sighs> you know as a kid visually you're just seeing it's like oh, I don't know man mm. uh he <laughs> sent quit sending messages through him so i was like oh okay okay so you kind of see the triangle so we discover everything that's going on and when um duck is delivering that speech and he's like i like to thank my fiance he's at two people in particular for my new mm. writing abilities uh would be my fiance and when you, he says fiance you see it on her face like she exactly. knows that he knows because mm. at first 
she's okay with him she's being all, oblivious. She's all, all smiles. Yeah. And so you can see in her face, oh, she knows. And then Duck, when he said, I like to thank my brother, Duck is oblivious to he's the like, fact. He's just he smiling. He's like, yeah, that's my brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, but he had to make, like, you still the same selfish mf You know, it didn't. <laughs> Bounces. Man. They have the, 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 react, the actor's reactions are so good. Again, another one is uh, <laughs> when Sarge first gets introduced to the group. <laughs> and... <laughs> Okay, we, we we'll get that scene. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Back to style. Uh, so that's part of the style, though, is just the cutaways, uh, the reactions, the reactions. From, yes, and they're, they they guide you on to how oh God, I'm supposed to feel this way, or mm. you know when they're singing, when when Eddie Kane does his thing, and then you see the manager uh, Jimmy and uh, Eleanor, they're like holding each other and smiling. Yeah. You're like oh okay, they're winning, or you know, even, or even the girl up front who's like watching this, she starts to move and readjusting her seat and. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Are there Eddie's parents in the crowd? You yeah, know, standing up. Mom gets up like she's going. Ah, yeah. My baby, Reaction City. Oh man, but that's yeah, yo. That's how we do. That's how we do. Um, the montage sheets, montage scenes are done in black and white a lot of the times, and it makes it feel real. It has like a classic feel to it when they go to the black and white and come back. To and play. and they intercut it with different kinds of media. Yes. Like there'll be like still photos or like mm-hmm. when again when Sarge is teaching the group to dance and all of a sudden it goes into this, yeah. this 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 older feeling montage like okay like like somebody like there was a photographer there on the day and, and this, like this, if these this are was documented from a, and right, then from they a photo it. album yeah, yeah. there's a black and white like that's that's just, it's, really, it's a really smart vibe too you're like okay like this is it feels like a documentary kind of woven into it 100 percent. so or seeing the different album covers or magazine covers mm-hmm. and the fact they're using at the time again the the two the two staple black publications of Ebony and Jet. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but in my household, Ebony and Jet magazines <laughs> were were there. You know, Indeed. every 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 month. I don't know if Jet came out weekly or monthly, but those two magazines came to our home <laughs> in the eighties every day. I think still I go to my grandma's Was it the Jet? Ebony and Jet. Uh, was it Jet Beauty of the Week or of the Month? Yeah, that was Jet. So that was every week. Well, I'm trying to remember if it was Beauty of the Month or the Week. Whenever they had, I think it was Beauty of the Beauty of the Week. Ooh. So if that's the case, then that's a weekly situation, yeah, weekly, weekly publication. And they're small, and it was small, Jet small. So it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember Jet. <laughs> I'm just saying. Shout now, out to my. <laughs> it's sad. I put in Google Jet Magazine, and the segment pops up. Jet Magazine Beauty of the Week. <laughs> So, uh, yes, Beauty of the Week. So, in the, yeah, so you got Ebony, Jet, Rolling Stone, Newsweek, Time, all those brands which make it variety feel like it's really a variety, making it feel like it's real. Yeah, they really help tie it, get, makes it feel grounded. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, a last thing for styling. So, uh, one of the style things I did notice and has maybe this would be direction and editing, but the transitions between certain scenes allude to what's going to happen next. So like you'll have, um, when they're talking about the album cover, you know what I mean? And then they throw it, but then you see that album cover like still frame, but then it starts zooming into the, into the album cover, but it's zooming in specifically on Eddie Kane. Mm, yeah, and, and so yeah, like, oh, like, so what's going to happen next? That his 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 arc is is his downfall. Yeah, and so I noticed those transitions. Like, oh, okay, or uh, when uh, Big Red after he then got slapped at the funeral, he's walking out, and as he walks out, we see uh, Falcon. What's his name? Bird. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we we see him, it, it zooms it on him. Yeah, so when, pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> P- 
pigeon and the three cuckoos. Ostrich. So with Crow. <laughs> Raven. Eagle. Cardinal. <laughs> Oriole. You win. So when <laughs> When he goes by, we see him look back at Red, but then the camera doesn't go with Red. It stays on him, and mm-hmm. it starts uh, dollying in. You're like, oh, so something's about to go down. And then we transition to them knocking mm-hmm. Lady's door, coming in. Yeah. And then and then at the, when that scene ends, mm-hmm. like, we know everything that happened in that last meeting with with you and um, their, their, their former manager. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, once, once Bird walks in again... It's on him, and then all of a sudden we start seeing the, the articles pop up. Oh, yeah, the transition of them yeah. going from that to, okay, how are they going to replace their lead singer? And then, yeah, it's a bunch of exposition. They give yeah. exposition through through the through those media pieces, yeah. right? Yeah, boom. The covers, the articles. It's pretty smart. Like, okay, okay, we know that we're now, they've signed with a new record label. Yeah. And A&B and B Records. A and B Records. And Michael Flash Turner has joined the group as lead singer. Of course, it's like the search for lead singer. And yeah. all of a sudden, Michael, I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's smart. It's very it smart uh, exposition, which mm-hmm. saves a lot in terms of scenes. So who knows? They, they may have previously had, maybe actually recorded more footage and this allowed them to cut that out and just have some quick, quick exposition. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, that's pretty much all I had for style. Did you have anything? Again, just this is a period piece and they do a brilliant mm-hmm. job of capturing the periods and styles for these kinds of performers in the 60s and 70s. Ingrid. And then even even to the early 90s once we see the, the kind of the end <laughs> with, you know, with shout out to Donnie Simpson video. Soul. Man, come, come on. on that's man. a that's, staple in black the fact you got a, you, The fact you have a movie with video soul because there are kids today have no idea what video soul is. Video soul was, man, it, Every Friday, Video Soul was on, and you were going to watch that video countdown. Yeah, absolutely. What was going to be number one? True. And, and then maybe once you got, you know, maybe you also would go back and forth with the MTV Top 20 countdown. Yeah. Kind of go back and forth. But, yeah, you, you had to be on some Video Soul, man. Wow. I miss the importance of music videos. Yeah. Um, what kind of themes do you have? Okay. Thematically speaking, I have themes of redemption. I have brotherhood. Family will screw you over, but you're still family at the end of the day. Very true. I have themes of fame. Oh. Which if not managed correctly, correctly can corrupt. I have a theme of one last go, one last attempt. The manager, he's well to do. You know, we see that his wife is upset, but that he's going to do it again, but he, he's going to do this one last time. I know what I'm doing, Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quote, a theme of being your father's child. Hey, 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 hey. Don't judge a book or an album by its cover. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we always crossing over? <laughs> uh, themes of friendship and business. So um, the manager, I keep wanting to call him Eddie, but that's that's our Jimmy? lead singer. Jimmy, there we go. Jimmy, he has his relationship with his, his, his boys mm-hmm. based on friendship and trust. I trust my boys. Yeah. And his relationship with Big Red is based on a somewhat rocky past relationship. <laughs> it's like keeping and, it cordial, you know. It's just like, hey, what's up, man? Uh, Big Red. Peers. <laughs> mm. You know, definitely not friends. Exactly. But then we, we, we quickly see, we know we all know something's up with Big Red. We know something <laughs> is not quite kosher with Big Red. <laughs> he's cast perfectly because, I mean, he's not a handsome guy at all. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? It is what it is. Uh, you tell No, 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 no. no. I was going to quote some cat. No, I'm not going to okay. okay. do it. Yeah. not going to do it. And, I mean, like Le- yeah. Leon <laughs> was cast because of the way he looks, you know, to play mm-hmm. the pretty boy. So, you know, hey, you got to be able to judge correctly. Uh, but, 
Yeah, he just by looking at him was like he has an interesting, you know, look. He's got this like strong features that yeah. that that can make him look. He's 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 a lion trying to look like a lamb at times. Ooh, you know, okay. he he's a he's a wolf in sheep's clothing oh. because he tries to come across and do. Oh, it's an old country boy. He tries <laughs> to just, like put this routine on, and be like, now nah, this guy's vicious. This guy's a killer. Yeah. And then, and then we see it come out. Yeah, like we with, 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 we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, get, we'll to get to that. that. Other themes I have um, of, I, I feel like going on. Yeah. And yeah. That's the thing that, you know, is true to, and rings true to Eddie, but other uh, members as well. Uh, one last thing is, uh, Choir Boy's mom talks about this because his dad's like, you can't serve two masters. And, you know, in religion, we've heard that, you know. Um, but to add to that, because there's some truth in that, um, at the end of the day, this is a life that you have to live, you know, and some things you have to learn on your own. You know it's what true. I mean? It's like the only way you can have a heartbreak is by loving somebody. Yeah, you know what putting I mean? Your, putting your heart out there. That's the only way to have a heartbreak. You know what That's I mean? True. So um, when when it came to his mom, she kind of gives that balance like, hey, this is your life. You got to have your own experience. Your own experiences. And so like, man, and uh, me, you know, having kids, kind of seeing them go through catching their L's and their W's. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, man, I see the pain of parents because uh, you, you know, you want to protect them, but you know, they have to. Do you know how the story ends? Whatever, yeah. you know, you've seen this and you're like, dang, he doesn't see it. All right, you know, we got a little. You'll see, yeah, yeah, take take those lumps and they'll they'll figure it out. But it sucks knowing that it's coming. Yeah, it sucks knowing that, but they don't know that you know that. You know, they don't really. You know, parents they don't know. Parents just don't understand. You know, so. (laughs) Yeah, so um, that's so true. That line that she says, you know, you got to have your own experiences because then I mean that's what we're living this life thing for. The last thing I had is again black men loving and supporting black men yeah which is such a powerful image to see in a movie and and townsend alludes to this in his documentary said that's something you did you did see a lot of in films yeah it's pretty pretty rare and that that coupled with them not being necessarily like gangbangers or pimps or or drug dealers like positive type yeah yeah like positive Mm -hmm. black men like these guys are going for a career to, to to bring you know, joy to, to, to a lot of people and mm-hmm. yeah. So absolutely yeah. representation is important, you know, yes, in all aspects. Um, what are some of your favorite scenes are memorable? Don't oh, we have a lot? I'm so glad you asked. Really. <laughs> so I open up first with man, just the, the, when they sing, I got nothing but love for you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that song yeah. and just the, the energy of, of how it, how it's birthed. When all these guys, they all are separate. Mm-hmm. Doing, we get introduced to each of them. They're all doing their own thing. Ducks mm-hmm. in a closet, writing lyrics. He looks super eccentric. Like, who's this guy? Yeah, you know, uh, JT is is pulling girls from the crowds yeah. and, and and getting busy in a, in, a, in a broom closet somewhere. <laughs> then we have Dresser who's standing around, kind of practicing his moves. Yeah, we got Choir Boy walking around, looking all all nervous. Yeah. And then Dresser literally mentioned that he got hit in the head with a bottle. And yeah, we see that you know that. that Choir boy feels a certain way about that, <laughs> and then we cut to Eddie and a guy named Bobby. Bobby, lead singer Bobby, <laughs> who yeah. we never hear sing. We never hear him sing. No, not not a once. <laughs> and he, they're they're at some card game. Yeah. So we already know. Okay, these guys live a little dangerously. Yeah. And we see Eddie jump through a, a plate glass window. Like, I, I, how'd you do that? But, anyway, yeah, without getting sliced up. No, and land on your feet. Like you couldn't even see the other side. It's anyway. But they He's a superhero. That's why Eddie Kane <laughs> is a superhero. Clearly. <laughs> 
Um, going along with that scene, um, that scene gives me nostalgia because I remember watching this with my family, with mom, mm-hmm. dad watching it, and then when uh, Bobby gets shot in the leg, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh my leg!" and so like the music kind of stops a little bit. It's like, "Oh my leg!" Then he goes back and he keeps running, and then they jump and he jump. Uh, Eddie Kane, I think, jumps over a car, avoids a car, but Bobby gets hit by the he car and he side flips swipe. and he flips over the side. He's like, "Oh shit, my other leg!" So like, <laughs> so like the comedy comedic timing of that I remember my mom laughing at that so like it literally brings me back to being a kid of being around like listening to them oh this is seeing the sensibilities of my mom laughing at this thing or my dad laughing at certain things Mm -hmm. like oh wow but it's also it's the song though like this is the first song we hear by this 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 group this kind of hodgepodge group and and the fact that this dude Eddie just literally running for his life yeah and we don't even see what, what happens what to Bobby, yeah, yeah. but we see Eddie just slide in and grab the mic from, I think it was from Choir Boy. Yeah. Slides in, ah, and just <laughs> hits the though. note, yeah. and they're they're off to it. And they're they're all kind of improv but each person has a part and a line, and, yeah. they're, and they're gelling. And like, uh, Robert uh, Duck, the character Duck, is asking questions about, you know, because we, we find out he's the writer, he's composing this stuff, mm-hmm. and so it's like, Where's that? where the hell is Bobby? You know, he's trying to figure all this stuff out, and so while that scene is going on, he's asking questions, where's Bobby at? And he's like, I don't know, he's still sick. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot being unpacked, so we're, yeah. we are on this, we are, we are on a journey, and but we know there's something mm-hmm. special just from hearing these guys, and we, we get that also partially from seeing uh, Tommy, I keep forgetting the manager's name. T- Jimmy, Jimmy. 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 We, we, we get it from seeing Jimmy. Like he's mm-hmm. at the bar and we see him kind of like stop and you know, that, that kind of class. Of, oh, something caught my attention here. Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> uh, Let me put my arm on the, on the bar. Kind of, this is something yeah. special. <laughs> <laughs> and so we know something's Jimmy. going on. And it's just, yeah, oh. it's just so I'll, so I'll add to that, you know, the, um, uh, we have uh, <laughs> when um, Duck is giving direction to like certain people like hey you do that part I'll do the bass so you do that and then he says quiet boy go to church go to church <laughs> and then quiet boy starts like I know and, so, and then quiet boy shout out to Tico to Tycho Wells because when he goes and he, and he, he does his little arm wave he's yeah. just <laughs> it's, it's so powerful it's funny but he's he's there he is, he is in it he is there it's funny because like you see that their dance moves are off it's not together it's yeah. not gelling it's not polished and while they're doing like three of them are doing a dance and then choir boy is catching the holy ghost yeah. to the side yeah. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> he went all the way there it's, yeah. it's this beautiful chaos yeah but it's but it's right with potential like, yeah. okay these guys just need a guiding hand yeah and and they, they they've got the, all the potential in the world that's what that's what you basically see okay there's yeah. the potential that, and even the harmonies is five harmonies and whatever it is that Bobby brought to it. Eddie is way better. Yeah. I don't. I haven't heard Bobby. I don't need to hear Bobby. It, it like, was funny because they kind of did. They're like, well, we don't really need Eddie, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you heard Justin say he was that a, he was a throwoff. Because yeah. so here's my question: If this thing was written in five part harmony, but there's six people, hmm. was Eddie was Eddie like just I don't know what was Eddie's role before? So without was, um, was Duck not singing at all? It seemed like Duck wasn't <laughs> necessarily singing in, unless he had to. Right, and he was more of the, the composer of the music, or whatever. He's always on the piano. Sure. Um, oh, because because without yeah, because it would have been six. So, so he was just he was just a he was just a writer composer music. He was just supposed to be in the cut and probably. not necessarily sing along. Yeah, but, maybe. Yeah, but he had to had to had to step in and and do it. But yeah, it's that opening scene alone is is so powerful, so memorable. And I can I, I love that. And that's one of the few songs on the soundtrack that kind of actually stays intact. 
Yeah. Is that going to be love for you? And also, yeah. also in the middle stays in, stays intact for the most part too on the soundtrack. The and, I, and that song actually played, didn't it? It actually played on regular radio. Did it? I think so. See, I wasn't listening listening for it, by, it was back then. One of those songs on the sound on the soundtrack. We might need to look this up. Um, I don't know if they talked about it in the making of, but if I'm not mistaken, it was on radio. It yeah. had charted. That probably would have been. I got nothing but love for you. I would assume yeah. it had charted. It huh? I have to look that up because that that'll make sense for questions that I have later. Okay. What what's another one of your favorite scenes? The introduction of Sergeant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let me see your best combination. <laughs> uh, so we get our Jimmy. We're all at Jimmy's house. They live in a brownstone. Uh, Jimmy's well off. Him and his wife, they doing anything. They're like in a different class of people. Yeah. Because his wife is giving uh, etiquette lessons to the the I don't know if they're private gir- school girls that are they're coming to get lessons. But she's they got very, money. She's very classy. They got it together. They do. Um, so everybody's at their house, and we're, they're about to go through some choreography, and we get introduced to Sarge. Sarge, he's just off to the side, short guy, like he's burping, like like he just woke up from a binger or something. Yeah, he he looks like he's drunk. Yeah, he's, he like burps. Yeah, he's like. Burp. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> so what you tell him about uh, um. Uh, so uh, they talk about the choreography and the dresser. Uh, Jimmy has to explain to dresser that this guy's not taking your place. He's just going to help out. And then dresser's like, "What can he teach me?" He's like, <laughs> "Dresser's <laughs> always turning it up. He's up. What can he teach me?" <laughs> uh, I have to do the quote. I have to do the quote. Go for it, man. If you didn't like what I was doing, you gotta just talk to me instead. Go up behind <laughs> my back, make some old drunk. Stop it right there. <laughs> Don't let, that's the Sarge talking. Stop it right there. <laughs> he called him some old drunk man. Don't let your mouth get you into something your ass can't get you out of. Anyway, yeah, let's that, see your best and combination. Then, and then that gets a, that, that gets a laugh from like everybody. Like, oh yeah, oh man. Huh? Said, oh, my? Yes. <laughs> and he does the combination, and then Sarge like just as I thought. That ain't. <laughs> And that's and that's one of the things like Sarge is so he is so raw, but he's 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 a small guy. Yeah. And Dresser is a very, very tall guy. So we have this juxtaposition. Yeah. But this little guy has just put put Dresser in his place super yeah. quick. And then when he starts to dance, we start hearing that that ding 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 and and this guy is for those of you who don't know, uh the the actor, performer Mr. Nicholas is part of a, a duo of the Nicholas brothers who are like Hollywood fame, incredible, incredible dancers. You can, oh, yeah. you can find some Athletic, of their videos on, doing all kinds of stuff. If you can find their videos on YouTube, you will be amazed. They're some of the best dancers all time. Mm. And, and Mr. Nicholas at this point, I don't know. Uh, he's got to be in his probably sixties when he's doing this film. Yeah. He's, he's and yeah. still fleet of foot. Yeah. Still getting it. If you want to see more of him, I recommend a movie called tap. Ha! Huh. Wow. Hey, <laughs> You want to see some incredible dances? Wow. Tap. Sammy wow. Davis Jr., Gregory Hines, the Nicholas Brothers. Woo! Get, get, get out of here. Anyway, that's tangent. Wow. But yeah. Yeah, that, that's a fantastic scene. Absolute yeah. fantastic scene. And then yeah, at the end, at the, <laughs> at the end, like even you talk about the, the kind of reaction shots, they, they yeah. cut to to Doug's cat. He's like, dang. Yeah, he's seeing his pieces. Wow. <laughs> like they're, they they're amazed. Yeah. Like, okay. And then we get the we go, like, okay, yeah, this guy's clearly the guy. And we cut to the montage. Uh, so another favorite scene is 
So I've got to say memorable because it kind of it kind of hints to what's to come. But when when Duck goes and drops off the the, the note initially for oh, Tanya, oh yeah, and we kind of we kind of because one of the things part of speaking to Duck's evolution because we see how he's dressed like his color they don't match. fashion sense yeah it's all kinds of off but he's also I mean he's he's in a he's living in a pretty large family and. Yeah. And his cousins, they also live with him. Like, there's, there's a... Uh. It's a family that all lives together. And especially, like, if you know people that had large families in, like, New York and that area, immigrants that came over. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, well-known business uh, guy, Russian immigrant, Russian Jewish immigrant, he talks about how they didn't have anything, but they just, you know, had a bunch of hard work, but they had to share every single thing because you would take these large families and put them in these small spaces exactly. in New York. And as far as I can tell, Duck and JT, we don't get any hint that they actually work or have jobs. Oh. We don't see them do any kind of like extra work. Yeah. But, but anyway, but he's there and he's dropping off a note and then, and then we see him drop the note off and then, he, but he's doing it in secret. He's a secret admirer, right? He drops yeah. the note off and then he kind of walks away and hides around the corner. We see Tanya come out. We get introduced to her. She's beautiful young woman. Mm-hmm. But she's got a date that just pulled up in a very nice car, and this, this, this brother's suited and booted. Yeah, and, and look like he's going places. Yeah, <laughs> and he's the gentleman. He, he walks up, and, and Tanya comes. He opens the door. She gets in the car, and they, they drive off. And then we see we see Duck's reaction. Like we see him kind of the, the little self consciousness. Like he's looking at the guy's suit, and he kind of he kind of like looks at his suit. Like he he knows he's not quite there yet. Not yet. And and <laughs> the kind of caliber that he'll need to bring yeah. is something else. But come right. Yeah, but correct. we see that there's okay. Like this is going to be an important beat in the story. Yeah, but yeah, but that's I think that's that's memorable. Indeed, um, this the um, was that that was a, was it another talent show when the the piano when the piano person was a different piano person because the new house rules was that another yeah, talent show that was the third show. Okay, because the. Yeah, that was the third that show. That was the third the, show. The first one is we get introduced, and there's the second one after Jimmy offers to be their manager. Mm-hmm. We just see the end of that one where they mm-hmm. where they pay him off, and that's when the guy comes to them and says, "Hey, my my, my boss wants to hire you guys mm-hmm. to be like he wants to sign a contract. You guys to be like a regular act here, right?" And then we see them all the practicing with Sarge, yeah. and then they go on that talent show, or they go to the, the talent show, yeah, with the house rules, and that's where yeah. there were birds. Cut his, his lady friends they're all trying to kind of screw him over and that, yeah that's when you get the house piano player so I, I just think that overall scene is great because you have the obstacle of the music's jacked up mm-hmm. so what do you do when the music's jacked up okay we got improvised so you know Eddie Kane's like hey let's do it like we used to do in the tunnel mm-hmm. and then as you know with the uh, doo-wop and all those uh, kind of acts back in the day it was just all about everybody just kind of singing acapella I think there's absolutely a deleted scene of them practicing in the tunnel because uh, for him to mention that and you not have a visual representation of it. Yeah. But yet we come back to this tunnel a couple of times in the film. Yeah. Like there's, there's gotta be a scene that was before of them actually practicing, singing and harmonizing in that tunnel. And that may be a, maybe a deleted scene, but I'm like that, that, that would make a whole lot more sense mm-hmm. to have seen them at some point just practicing their harmony in the tunnel. Um, but yeah I, I, I like that one man but that scene is it's super powerful because I, mm-hmm. I, I put that down as Eddie's star power rises yeah because just in this in a couple scenes prior we see his his father tell him after after coming home from a practice his father's sitting out on the porch with his with his mom and and and, and he sees his mom gives her a hug and a kiss and, and then he and his dad make eye contact and his dad just tells him you ain't you ain't gonna be ish because I ain't Ish. Now, what kind of stuff is that to say to your son? Man. Dear God! And and here's <laughs> but so then we, but we hear that that you know his, his his mother you know interjects you know what do you talk to boy that way and 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 but he doesn't he doesn't like 
yell or whatever. So he's clearly kind of heard this stuff a lot. Mm -hmm. He just goes inside and his his mother tells the father, why do you talk to him that way? You know, this this is this is Eddie King Sr. Yeah, there you go. And and he's just I care for the boy. Yeah. You know, I care for the boy. I just no don't want to see him. I just want him to be a better man than me. So I think this kind of plays into at least especially like during that time period, like in in in, in families, I think like mm -hmm. a lot of times men weren't quite used to guys showing their emotions, right? A lot of the, a lot of these men had grown up in harder times. Yeah. A lot of them were were war veterans. Like yeah. we know that Jimmy again, he he knows SARS because they were they were army buddies. Yeah. So a lot of them had served in the war. They had seen things and had to maybe grow up quickly if they were drafted into whatever situation. Absolutely. And so they may not have experienced you know a quote unquote loving fathers in, in the way that we kind of know it today. Mm -hmm. And sometimes their way of showing that they care is discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, and it kind of. If I can keep you in line, then I can keep you on the right track, keep you out of trouble. Mm -hmm. And sometimes their discipline would come in the form of discouragement. Mm -hmm. And so especially someone's thinking about showbiz, like, oh, you don't really got it. But he hadn't really seen it. And then, but that night, not seen, got a glimpse. even he sees it. You know, the mom got her hand raised, but you, he's got a big smile on his face. Okay. Okay. He, he, he ain't got nothing else to say then. Uh, I like when they were when they were singing when it was uh yeah when they started <laughs> when they started singing somebody and then the crowd was like you ain't nobody and also during that scene where we, we unfortunately we see we see Carboy's uh, prophecy fulfilled because yeah. they start throwing something he he's ducking and dodging he, he get up out of there he's all he's all stage he's, he's exit stage left yeah but then once Eddie jumps down you know and and, and you know they're hot in the house tonight and then yeah they start singing and they they start harmonizing. And then all of a sudden, look, choir boy. It comes back out, creeping out. But, but leading up to that, uh, I thought it was funny. It's always funny to me. The the piano man, just, <laughs> he can't play the music. It's j janky. Mm. And then Robert Towns, I can't sit here and let this happen, you know. So he goes up there. It's my, it's my music, man. He my pushes music. that fool over like a like a linebacker. Mm. Like, <laughs> and he goes flying. And then... <laughs> And then Duck just goes into his, you know, into his riff. And while he's doing that, things are getting heated. You know, they're throwing stuff at, at Choir Boy. Uh, the people are kind of backing up the piano guy. But Duck, uh, not Duck, but JT goes to back up Duck, you know, like mm -hmm. making sure nobody jumps on him while he's on the piano. And then so uh, Eddie Kane's by himself, you know, uh, messing with like, all right, what am I going to do here? You know what I'm mm. saying? I got to do something. So he grabs a mic and diverts the attention. Eddie Eddie drops the line. Like when he, when he hits that note, it just grabs everybody. Like that's that's Eddie's moment. Yeah. Where he he rises, not just as a lead singer, but as a superstar. You're like, oh, this guy is this guy's next level. Yeah. This guy's this guy's David Ruffin esque. Yeah. In yeah. that moment, we're like, oh, okay, this is a this guy's a powerhouse. He has the power to move crowds and win them over. Yeah. And then when that when the girl up front who who's there with her girls and they're, they're all booing and then she's like shifting and, and oh. feeling feeling things. And then and then <laughs> and, and Eddie just so easily just lays a kiss on her lips and she does a <laughs> just slayed under <laughs> slayed and swayed and she's out and he's like mm. <laughs> That's it's a it's a fantastic coming of age scene. Absolutely. Uh, another favorite scene for me that's I think is is super powerful is Oh, all right. So now these these the the five heartbeats have decided to go and record their first record. Yeah, and now they're looking to get it distributed, mm -hmm. and they they go to this run record place. And this uh, as a kid, this scene always stood this out. It just great. cracks me up. Yeah. They're, they're they're in front of this this white executive, and he's like, "You guys are geniuses." Yeah, I I I love this album. Yeah, gassing them up. Yeah, but I I don't think it's right for you all. 
Like what? It's our song. Mm-hmm. And then Sedalia goes, and Martha, bring in the four horse. They bring in the five horsemen. <laughs> and so we then see these these five white gentlemen come in, and like, yeah, we're the five horsemen. We got soul. <laughs> and then they 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 got this blonde hair. Is oh great. man, it's not even theirs. And they proceed to break into a a doo rendition of. I've got nothing but love for you. Whoa, ain't got no money. Whoa. Jack. <laughs> yeah, he does it that, Jack. I'm like, oh. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. You'll turn it It's a perfect crossover song. I mean, it's catchy. Oh, it's, it's swatted it's, down, but it's great. It's so fun because I think the camera is slowly panning over each heartbeat and their looks. They're like, disgusted. Like, what in the world? They're taking our song. The record, the owner oh. of the record label or whatever he is, exec, he is enjoying this song. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it, it is it's it's tragic, but it's hilariously played uh, in, in in that moment, and, and, and then and then it gets cut off. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're they're in big cut red to office. big red. It's like man, like it's like we we had no other choice. Like, this yeah. is what we had to Which go. Which devil are we gonna go with? Yeah, Less, the lesser of two evils. We shall see. For now. Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. Um, uh, but that, yeah, that's, that's, that scene is... <laughs> tenderness. Uh, yeah, just the way, the way it's played up. Oh, God. It, it, gets, me, it gets me every time. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, <laughs> ain't got no money, Jack. <laughs> we got soul. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Why did he say that? We got <laughs> they, they got they got something. To, these guys got something to prove. Ah, uh, um, after the talent show um, that Eddie Kane won everybody over, everybody's chilling out at the at the restaurant, having a good time. Mm-hmm. All the guys are sitting down with their significant others, and then Sergeant comes out of nowhere with his cane, smacks the table, dat, 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 gets everybody's attention. Girl Scouts, great show. Yes, dresser. Thanks, Sarge. Mm-hmm. He said, "I gotta go now." And then he looked. Then he's he's with this young thing, and he's like, Whew, "You see that? Like basically, yeah. you see that? I see that." <laughs> like how Sarge went pulling pulling women like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Just to kind of you know they getting the recognition. Sarge giving them the recognition. Mm-hmm. But then coupled with that, in, within that same scene, actually, I didn't write this down, but it's it's worth mentioning because there's there's a there's a bit that the uh, the um, Matthews brothers mm. like to play. That's called Shy Brother. Shy Brother. And so this is something they, they had done earlier after their first talent show where one brother will appear to play shy yeah. and catches the eye of a, of, a, of, a, of a young lady and will have the other brother go over mm-hmm. and begin to advocate for them. Yeah. You see, that's my, my younger brother, my brother over there. Look, he's, he's really shy. Mm. You know, look at him. And the other brother will play up the, the shyness. Yeah. So- uh, Duck and JT see a a, a, a victim, a, a, <laughs> a, a, a target, seem, seemingly a target, but more like a uh, Black Widow. Yeah, uh, there you go. Who is who is making eyes at at Duck? Mm. And so you know, Duck says, "JT, still shine, brother." You know, gives him the cue. JT knows. Looking around, he sees. Yeah. Okay, wait, four o'clock. All right, so JT goes over there, but then JT. Flips the script. He sits down. And he starts talking to this lady. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm kind of bummed out. I got to watch my, my my younger brother, and just starts kind of starts ragging on Duck. Yeah, and basically flips shy brother to make Duck look dumb. Yeah, he said, he said, look at him, man. Don't he look stupid? I forgot what he said. Can't, can't dance. He's a virgin. Just kind of go goes in on Duck. Yeah. She, now that you mention it, he does, he does look, look dumb. dumb. Mm. 
And so he ends up <laughs> leaving with this with this with this young lady. Yeah. And they proceed to walk off. And and so Duck thinks this is the handoff. Duck yeah. gets up, walks up, and JT's like, no, sorry, brother. And walks right past him. And this gives you an insight to yeah, JT's, his character. Like, oh, this guy's like is well without just you know just a womanizer, but no, he's a he's a he's a brother crosser. Like, yeah. what's what's this guy up to? So yeah, he's walking by and we see just Duck's face, and then all we see we see this big dude yeah. come up in the background of the table, slam the drinks. He sees, he sees this woman out there, he slams the drinks down. And then I gotta fight every night to prove my love. Yeah. And he like pushes Duck out the way. <laughs> his shoulders duck. <laughs> and like that, that gets such a reaction. You're like, Absolutely. oh. And we and, he, and so you hear him, what you do with my woman? Uh, and it's all off camera. <laughs> we, uh, that part, I like it when uh, when JT is kind of talking to the lady or whatever. But Duck doesn't know what he's, what he's saying. He said, work it, JT, work it. <laughs> 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 that is the line. I love that line too, man. It's a uh, oh man. Again, the comedy's mixed in so so well. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, another memorable scene is the um, no matter how hard it gets, we haven't mm-hmm. finished yet. That, just that whole musical, like that's musical city, right? That that's is. like out they, of all they, of this, this is musical time. Yeah, they break into an actual musical number. I don't know. That song right there is just—it's beautiful, and that girl can sing her heart out, man. She can. So yeah, that song right there kind of brings a little tear to my eyes. I'm like, I don't oh. know why. It's just beautiful. Mm, that's nice, and it's just, it's a nice moment between brother and sister and them coming together, and it's and it's it's honestly like a theme for the for the movie mm-hmm. because things get very difficult. They got a, they have a tough road ahead, and yet at the end we see them all come back together. So it's it's, it's thematic, indeed. So and my, there's, a, there's a lesson in that too just like mm. you know using what you have she's like i don't see what the big deal is and then she starts kind of matching his lyrics up you know and it's like oh okay what you have is really all is already good you just gotta kind of put it together um so yeah there's just some lessons there sometimes fresh eyes a little bit of collaboration outside yeah. outside influence can make a difference indeed yeah so the next scene this is a this is one of the most popular scenes in the film so we are at a, a party for the Five Heartbeats after the success of their first kind of initial tour of the, the first album release. Mm-hmm. And everybody's kind of going around, checking on things. Um, this is where Duck has has met Tanya again. She's shown back up in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see uh, Duck go and check on JT. And JT mm-hmm. mentions that he has a, a problem with sex. Mm. And, and during that conversation, make note of this, Duck says, this would make a good song. He clicks his pen. He starts writing down some things. Mm-hmm. And I've never caught it before, but I'll, I'll explain what I mean in, in a moment. Yeah. So he writes down writes down a couple of things like he always does for lyrics. Then we cut to uh, Hallway. Big Red is talking with some people. And he's, he's telling some jokes. And then we see Bird, a bird in the Midnight Falcons, <laughs> coming down the hallway. And he he addresses Big Red. And, and Bird and, is like, clearly upset. Clearly upset. He's cursing. at, at and, and Big Red tries to initially kind of, you know, placate him and kind of, Calm down. Hey, my office hours are nine to five. But Bird wants to talk about his books and his royalties. Yeah. And the way that Big Red runs his books. Yeah. And once again, Big Red tells him again, his office hours are from nine to five. Yeah. And Bird fires back with, F your office hours. I need to talk to you right (laughs) Right now now. in effort. (laughs) And all of a sudden, we got problems. Yeah. (laughs) And we we see, uh, you know, uh, Bird get popped. Popped in the gut. Yeah. 
and 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 this actor who plays Bird, he's he sells like a WWE wrestler. He is selling his butt off. He gets knocked to the ground. All of a sudden, we we see him. Yo, we we cut to like the inside, like almost like a woman's like powder room or something like that. Yeah. And they all clear out, yeah. and we see Big Red's hair flipping to the side and just just changing. And he's yeah. he's got these big dudes with him, and yeah. they're kicking Bird, and yeah. Bird is ah, ah, ah. like you like you're like oh man, they're hurting me like. It, it's it's a yeah, heck he got of a kicked subject. in the back by some church shoes. It probably will hurt, man. He's like, <laughs> he is selling it. He's like, man. And then Big Red says the words, "Open up a window." Yeah, You're like what? Open up a window. Dang. And we see we see the shot where they grab Bird and they they, they grab his legs. We see his pants there. <laughs> oh, this is serious. Yes. And they proceed to dangle this man by his ankles over a balcony ledge. Wow. And and Bird is in tears. Yeah, he is fearing for his life. Oh yeah, yeah. All uh, Suge Knight style. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> he's he is weak. <laughs> and they they pull him in, and now he's he's sitting on the ground, a broken huddled mess. Yeah, Big Red slicks his hair back, and says, "Now if you have any more problems with your royalties in my books." My office hours are from, and he proceeds to point down at Bird with a with a point in the gun. Yeah, and the camera follows follows suit, and we we pan down towards Bird in his in his <laughs> sniveling mess, and 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 Red Big Red has repeated himself again. My office hours are from nine to five, and we get yeah he Bird just just barely squeals out nine to five. It is. That man's broken. Yeah. That man is broken. Yeah. You're like, whoa. And we, we've we just now gotten the, the true picture of the danger yeah. of Big Red in the music industry. Woo. Powerful. Powerful scene. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, man. Um, I like the... Um, not like... Um, uh, this is a memorable scene. A memorable sequence just because of like what it represents and that's the five harpies being pulled over by the cops mm. and the the, the kind of like the humiliation ritual that is mm. uh, this I like how uh, Robert Townsend kind of played it because this in different aspects of this movie could have went very graphic sure. dealing with the drugs dealing with some of the violence and dealing with the racism and things like that it could have went a hard R turn but I like how he kind of plays it and you still kind of get the same energy without having to kind of go there graphically with a lot of stuff even including the sex yeah, uh, he chooses not to do that. You know, That's different true. different taste. That's uh, very true. Again, the the heart. The, the, this film would be PG thirteen if not for the f bombs. Like the oh. the language is what makes it rated R. Yeah, because they they have a number, number of f bombs, but for the most part, like the the mm -hmm. the content visually is is PG thirteen. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So just that ritual that, like I said, this movie, if nobody knows anything about black culture, just by playing this movie, you can get a dose of it. And the racism, dealing with it head on, even if you're a, a group, a successful group on the rise, people are, the system that's in place will make sure that you stay in your place. Mm. And uh, just them going kind of through that humiliation uh, kind of makes it even more real. It's like, hey, you think you are somebody. Hey, don't forget who you really are, mm. you know. So y'all singing group, huh? <laughs> Why don't y'all sing something? Some. And it's a very different feeling to choose to perform versus being forced to perform. That takes on a completely different, completely different aspect. And you can see it on each of their faces, how it, from as it pans across each heartbeat and they begin to, to, to sing. 
And the, even the way they sing, I got nothing but love for you. This the, the harmonics change. Yeah. And like, oh. And you see Eddie, Eddie when it gets on Eddie's face, it almost he's ready to cry. Like just yeah. man, I'm I'm trying so hard. But here we are. And then at uh, the next scene when Townsend sing America. Oh yeah, yeah. And he and he stops at Crown Thy Good with Brotherhood. He stops at Crown Thy Good. I'm like, oh man, that's brilliant. Brilliant. So uh, another memorable scene is once we, we jump into after after Big Red has been arrested and taken away. And now we jump into the new heartbeats with Flash, the lead singer. <laughs> and we're, we're now in, in the 70s. We see them yes. come out and we see we see Duck on a guitar. How they transition into that? So they transition the, from the, the articles, media. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because uh-huh. uh, once they say that they've hired Flash as their, their new yes. lead singer, we start, we start to hear the, the, the crowd clapping. Chanting, Flash, Flash. Or, or they're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're chanting something. Yeah. And all suddenly, the sound of the 70s with the, the synthesizers oh, and all that. It I was takes, like, it feels good. Yeah, <laughs> it takes you to some earth, wind, and fire, some Commodores. Like, yeah. you are there. And then the, the smoke, and you see again, duck on the guitar. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we see, you know, we see we see, see Flash. Ooh, ever since <laughs> I met you, girl. <laughs> and then we, 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 all, we all to it. Yes. And they're, they're doing the steps. <laughs> and the, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, but so so. Here's the thing: when they sing that song in the middle, mm. listen to the lyrics. That's 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 JT's problem. That's oh. JT's sex addiction. Oh, what did what did I didn't? What's the lyric? Said, Ever since I met you, girl, it's been here today, gone tomorrow, and just when I think I've gotten over you, I come back. Girl, it must be an addiction. Oh, huh. every time the course is every time I try to leave, I always come back back in the middle of. He's talking about sex. Yeah, like this. This is about JT's addiction. I'm like, I, and it, it just it just dawned. I'm like, yo, that's the song <laughs> that Duck wrote based upon JT's addiction. Wow. Yeah, it's right there. I'm like, ha. Huh. He's an addict. Yeah, <laughs> full blown. But I thought that was pretty brilliant. How they that is they, good. That is cool. It like it's like this movie is is some thought was put into it. Yeah, man. I've seen this thing so many times. And this time I've caught new things. I was like, I didn't do anything new. I can't. Like, oh nope. I... Great music. Yes, sir. Great music. I yeah, I enjoyed that whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, even leading up into um, um, that same sequence. Um, they lead up to the next sequence, uh, the next scene in that sequence because they, you know, uh, JT is mad because they now the new five heartbeat, you know, all the girls are wanting him and he's pleading to his brother like, man, I'm tired of this. I got to compete with him. He's just on league. Like, what you- but he's also reversed his, his complaint position because before he's like, he's getting with, with women, different women every night and yeah. he's tired of it. But now he's, he's mad because somebody else is getting it. Yeah. It, no satisfying this guy. No, no. Uh, he said, the problem ain't you, it ain't him, it's you. You know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> then to one of my other memorable scenes, which was uh, there's a lot of memorable scenes, but this is one of my last ones was just uh, the just in case you know, oh. that whole scene, the just in case scene. That one is hilarious. It's the same. Is it the same? Is it a different song? It's a different song. Different it? song. Yeah, it's a different song. It slows down. Yeah, because like, it changed uniform. Doom. Doom. And that's the one that's missing from the soundtrack. Ah. And that hurt. That hurts my heart. That that's hurts right. my heart, man. Just in case, I guys make a. I have a YouTube playlist. So just you know, just these like these songs. Like I, I want. I want a full version. Yeah, come on. Of that song, please. Somebody. I'm sure somebody's probably re-recorded it somewhere. But yeah, it's dude. <laughs> I like what makes this song cool is that the 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 music starts. The instrumental starts. How's the instrumental? How's the melody go? Soup, soup, soup. Do yes. Do do. 
So so while this is going on, we get Flash walking down. He has a microphone. He's not singing. He's just Mm -hmm. explaining the situation. You know, he talks to this lady. Hey, is that your man? We're married. (laughs) He's like, we're married. (laughs) (laughs) And and the guy sitting there, they they do the brother. He's got his arms right up. He's got the horseshoe. He's got the George Jefferson joint going. He's like, oh, man. And so he's there with his wife. We're married. And then, <laughs> and then, which leads into the song, just in case, you know, and then he gives him. He's not all he messy. He gives him, here's my number just in case, basically. And he has a piece of paper with his number on it. And so she has that. But then in the middle of this, we see JT come down. Just in case he says the line again, you know, just it's like, oh. Cuts in. He overrides. Oh, he should. And so then he gives him his number. You know what I mean? And he's like, oh, yeah. Hold that jacket like you're holding me. <laughs> so, oh, man. I'm going to leave you with this. Then he just does his riff. Man. You know, and and she's, she's ecstatic. Yeah. She's and your fork. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and her husband's like, he's like, nah, I'm out of here. Yeah, he, he leaves. Up and leaves. I'm out. She's like, I can't, I can't compete with this. Oh, man. And the look that Flash gives him. <laughs> he's like, that's Nick. Like, that's Nick. That's basically how you look. It's 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 quite beautiful. And even the 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 the, the MC, Mr. JT Matthews, and JT does a little little hip swivel. Yeah, the hip swivel. Like, I still got it. I still got it. But but even while all that's going on, again, the reaction shots, like the the yeah. other three guys, Dresser, Choir Boy, and and Duck, they're doing the choreography, and it's it's, it's just some smooth little steps, like yeah. do do. They do this thing that you know. Anyway, you can't see me, but anyway, but they're doing their thing. <laughs> And, and not they, yet. They can't see you yet. Ah. Well, we'll be on video one day. Whoa, watch out now! <laughs> but they have their backs turned and they're and they're looking and they do, they do this move where they they cross the legs and do this slow oh, yeah, turn around. Yeah, that, was, that, was like, that was smooth. That was smooth. Like, Ooh, it's yeah. going. Down. <laughs> it's that's that's one of my favorite scenes. One of my favorite scenes and favorite songs from the movie. Absolutely love it. Okay, and then that leads to uh, again just another powerful scene. And this is they've finished the concert and they're all dressed in their fly 70s clothes they're heading to the limos there's crowds outside screaming their names and all of a sudden they hear duck duck Mm -hmm. somebody yelling it's like a fan or something yeah and all of a sudden they look a rabbit fan is at the gates yeah trying to climb the fence and all of a sudden they say that's Eddie man Mm. sure enough it's Eddie King who after Big Red's before his trial yeah after after Jimmy's death Eddie decides he's not going to sing anymore Mm mm-hmm and so it's been, I guess maybe years, and and now he's there, and they 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 say let him in. He comes and he's saying, hey guys, you know I've been, I've been practicing every day, every day, huh? I'm I'm, I'm singing again, and I just want to know if we can get back together. That's sad. And and he even even he says a line that just kind of they cut to ducks ducks face. He's like, I mean y- y'all wouldn't be together if it wasn't for me. He's like ooh. Yeah. Mm. That's a little rough. Yeah, that's a little, little pretentious, Eddie. <laughs> but then all of a sudden he, he he's got this trench coat on, and all of a sudden he's like, "Look, <laughs> like oh, this this dude ain't right." Yeah, he, he's got one of the old outfits on, one of the sequin sparkly outfits Man. from the '60s. And it's you like, know, if you a crackhead or whatever drug he's on, oof. you are more skinnier. Yeah, and that's why he can still fit it. Yeah, and it, I mean, and then his but pants. He's a, he's a thin guy as it is. He's already thin. Yeah. Uh, then he's wearing the pants. Like, his pants are skinny on him, so the outfit is loose. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, well, the skin-tight outfit is loose. 
you may be a crackhead. This is not. It's not a good look. Yeah, yeah. And then, 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 then he's like, mm. he was in his you brain. Feel, you're feeling in his brain. He felt it. You feeling that, yourself a little too well, much. Didn't there, see what he saw. <laughs> but I t- tell you the acting though by Michael Wright in this moment because he's like, yeah, you know, and then he starts to he starts to sing nights like this. I wish every drops good for. Night like this The timing is off So like he hits the line Before he's supposed to Night like this I wish And he's, he's looking up in the air he's, 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 he's on something In a moment Yeah And you see the other members Of the group They're looking And they're like Man they're like Hey man you're embarrassing yourself Yeah that's and choir man, boy Yeah And then choir boy hey, look, here's, here's my number Give me a call And then even you know, and he's like, yo, yo, and he's like, y'all gonna just play me off like this? Like, he's, yeah. he's 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 hurt. He's genuinely hurt. He thinks that he can just show back up and yeah. and get back in the mix, and then and then uh, JT gives him some money. Yeah. And and Eddie says, I didn't come here for your money or your effing pity. Like, it's, yeah. like he, he switches real quick. Like he's yeah. he's, he's he's offended. And, like yeah. he's got his he's got his pride. Yeah. And all of a sudden we see Flash. Yeah. Come down. Now we didn't we didn't mention the previous scene where him and Eddie have this. This fallout. This is one of my favorite favorite lines in the film. Yeah, where Eddie has been showing up late earlier in the movie and, and missing, you know, missing performances, stuff like that. And you're and late again, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> hey man, you don't know what time it is, man. He trying to replace somebody. <laughs> you don't do nothing but get paid. Yeah, about replacing people. You don't know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> but Eddie had gotten in Flash's face and said, "You know, you anyway." I'll, I'll quote it later. But, okay. So they'd had beef before, but now Flash has his has his spot. Literally. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Flash again, smug as all can be. He's the perfect smug. He walks True. by because he's got all the women around yeah. him. He's like, doesn't even say a word. He just looks at him like, hmm, and just keeps walking. <laughs> and Eddie just looks at him. How's it feel to be me? <laughs> it's like, wow, Eddie, you creepy. <laughs> But yeah, but Eddie then proceeds. They, 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 you know, he walks off and picks up his hat and his coat and just continues. Nice like this. I mean, just good. Ah. So he, he, he walks off and we think we've seen maybe the last of Eddie King, but we hear later on on a news report that he was shot five times trying to steal from a liquor store or running from police or something to that effect. Like, oh, man. You got any, any my more bad. I was in no, you good. Any more favorite scenes? Um, that's it for me. That I mean, there's more, but that was all I wrote down. I'll just say the very last scene is is my favorite scene. After now we after we've seen all this stuff, then finally, uh, Ducks left the group. Flash leaves the group, and then we flash forward back to the future with Duck back in his home, and and we see he has a letter that's come from Choir Boy. He reads the note and then proceeds to go to Choir Boy's church mm-hmm. and while he's sitting there in the in the pews we hear a, a selection from the choir after choir boy's father has has greeted the the um the congregation and says we, we're going to talk about love and forgiveness and all of a sudden we hear the cues of i feel like going on which is played a couple times throughout the film we hear it we hear uh jimmy playing it in the hotel room early on we also hear it playing at jimmy's funeral and then now we hear the chords of it beginning to play in this this closing scene and then so we, we hear the familiar strong vocals of one Eddie King. And we, we were just looking at, at Duck's face and then some we he pauses and he looks up. And then we cut to this kind of almost profile shot and we see this this older, you know, Eddie. 
and Baby Doll. Yeah. There, singing I Feel Like Going On. And it's just a beautiful. Powerful. Oh, man. It's a fantastic um, beginning of of, of the ending of, of, of this wonderful film. Indeed. The whole film, right? The whole film is good. The whole thing's good. I have a few tropes. Yes, sir. I'm going to be quick. Yes, sir. Um, Everybody putting their hands in, like, you know, everybody, what what would you call that? When everybody put their hands in? All for one. All for one. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that is a trope in the film. They do it several times and just in general to get everybody on the same team. I've got introducing each member of a group and their specialty slash quirk. We see that at the very beginning. It establishes kind of everybody's, everybody's role or their thing. Um, our songs on the radio. So like discovering the musicians, discovering the song one. on the radio. That's a good one. Uh, I have, um, the, the, the Bible or the, the MacGuffin that's left behind oh, foreshadowing. That was a good, the downfall. transitions are legit. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Um, the rise to the top montage. Very good. Very good. I have being black while driving in the South. Dang. Mm. Uh, the big house, buying the big house once you make a lot of money. Big, the big house for the family. Yes, I, yeah. I had that as well. Um, I just had drugs in the music industry. Oh, God. Yeah. Nah. Uh, whenever there's bad news, rain. And so we see Duck in the rain. It Literally, the rain is falling on him as he's going to the hotel to discover that his brother is at that hotel and he signs an autograph somebody oh man two heartbeats in one night oh man I can't believe it yeah your brother JT just went in yeah just went upstairs like Ooh. yeah yikes that's all I have uh, yeah that's all I had too alright quote time quite a few oh boy my goodness uh, first one is choir boy at the very beginning they could have booed <laughs> they didn't have to hit me upside the head with no bottle call me little peanut head church boy Man, leading up, quoting before that, why won't you sit down someplace? Hey, you thought to make me nervous. I need to relax. How can I relax? Who's going to sing lead? Bobby not here. He's he has a call. He's missed all the rehearsals this week. We're on next. Eddie's not here. I don't like singing these nasty bars anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet boy got anxiety. A little yeah. bit of anxiety. You know he's not supposed to be there. That's why he's, he's nervous. He's supposed to be at church. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the, from their, their future manager, Jimmy Potter. Says, I've managed a lot of groups. I feel that you guys have what it takes to go all the way to the top. Dang. Uh, when Jimmy and, what's his wife? Eleanor, right? The other mm-hmm. name. When they're discussing oh, it. Eleanor. And just, <laughs> they're having the discussion about, you know, she, you know, earlier they were like, she's like, I thought we were done with this. You know, we already had this discussion. Then mm-hmm. after that situation, they're by themselves together. And then she said, I thought we were done with this. And then mm. she was just like, I, just I know what I'm doing, Eleanor. No, the one after this. Because so they, they had that conversation twice. Twice, right. Yeah, this is the second conversation. He was just like, I just have a good feeling about these boys. And then she goes, Lord, Jimmy, you had such a great feeling about the Brownsville boys. You had a great feeling about the Four Clovers. A great, great feeling, feeling about the Esquires. And so when they happened? made it, what happened? What happened? <laughs> yeah. She's got <laughs> Diane Carroll. Her, her, her vocal range and control is powerful. She she knows how to suck you in with these little what happened? What happened? They left you. <laughs> they left all of us. They almost destroyed you. <laughs> I'm whispering. Yeah. So you'll hear me better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah, that that stood out to me this girl. I'm like, oh, she's she's drawing us in. Yes, yeah, she's good. She's whispers. She's good. Um, oh, so I just one line from Sarge again during the, the montage of photos when he's training them. He's like, We're not going to win this talent contest with lazy legs. I just, something uh, about that, yeah. that, that, that alliteration always stood out to me as a kid. Lazy, lazy legs. legs. 
Mm. Um, this is the introduction to uh, Big Red, and the guy was like, "Hey, this is Mister. You know, this is uh, this is Mister Big Red Davis with Big Red Records. He's introducing uh, this guy is introducing Big Red to all the boys, and then uh, Big Red's like, "Oh, gee, what you guys don't do." Yeah, terrible grammar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, gee, what, what do you guys don't do? I love the show. I really enjoyed your showmanship and style. Yeah. I want you on my level. Let's make a deal right now. <laughs> now, I'm just a good old fashioned country boy. A little regular. <laughs> oh, man. Big Red. You already know, like, okay, this is mm, mm, Spiders and Stingling. Mm -hmm. um, so, this is Eddie King once again talking to, to Flash, I alluded to earlier. And he's. Looking at Flash, Flash is right by his, his in his dressing room, mm -hmm. and he says, "Stealing my moves, <laughs> my style, even trying to riff like me. Well, you ain't gonna get it, cause you ain't got it. You're late again, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you need to take your boy to detox. Man, ain't that the truth? Oh man, um." They're signing the deal with Big Red, and Jimmy's going through the contracts. Like contracts look good, you know. This is Jimmy talking. Contracts look good. Uh, what about publishing? And then Big Red's like, <laughs> Jimmy, that's good publishing. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Mm, yeah, <laughs> right, mm. Jimmy, you shouldn't have a good feeling about this. It was funny because he was like, ha, 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 publishing. Yeah, um, he's so Weasley. Yeah, he's excellently Weasley. So this is at the at the funeral of Jimmy. And Big Red oh. has come hobbling in. He doesn't have doesn't have the sense like to even bother to wear black. Dang. Like he's like just in. A, I don't know what I forget what color his suit is. It's like mm -hmm. maybe I don't know powder blue or something like that. Yeah. And he comes with a single rose. He's like the devil, just kind of just coming, coming up in there, X. and then goes to the coffin, and then and then he turns. Oh, Eleanor, I'm, I'm so sorry. It shouldn't be alone. He gives us this spiel, and Diane Carroll she lowers her shades. You come to my husband's funeral. You disrespect my husband. And then she says, get out. I, I, I can't do it, just, but she says, she goes, it's like this forceful, it's like a whispered scream. Yeah. She says, get out. And it's up and then it's down, but it's it's so controlled. Yeah. It, is, it is beautiful. Get out now. I'm like, man. And she she, she slaps him before that. And he looks shocked. <laughs> yeah, he slapped the hell out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he proceeds to hop and kind of make his way down. And then we, then we cut got the on, fake on, tears on, coming yeah, down. And then we cut it on Bird. Oh, yeah. Bird. That's the guy who tried to throw me out the window. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to tell him. Hmm. It's not 9 to 5 now. You're going to find out what 9 to 5 means. <laughs> uh, this uh, is a, a scene as we see in Eddie Kane had joined himself. And he's like, I said, baby, doll, I don't need no ashtray. The whole world is ashtray to Eddie Kane. <laughs> <laughs> what? As he as he bumps the line of what cocaine. The whole world of ashtray. That's a man who is feeling himself and he's on top of the world. Oh, man. All right, so this is this is at the gold record uh, celebration. And this is Flash Thomas accepting the award. He says, It hurts me to announce that I'm leaving the group. I just want to say thanks for everything. And thank you to A&B Records for this gold record. I hope we have the same success with my new solo album, Flash. It's Lonely at the Top. Dang. Which will be in records and in record stores in about two weeks. 
<laughs> this dude has a plan. <laughs> this guy has been this guy has been recording a whole album behind the back of his colleagues after being with them for arguably less than a year. And the album has not only been recorded, it has been pressed. It's, it's, ready. It's, 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 it's on trucks. It is on his way to distribution. He had to record the album behind our backs. You could have talked to him straight up. Hey, Lash, he's like we were doing. <laughs> Then they go all back to record a whole solo album. <laughs> you like what we're doing? You can't just come to the studio and talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Give me that, you son of a. <laughs> oh, man. Um, this one part, uh, uh, Baby Doll's leaving Eddie. And then, you know, they're doing drugs. Buddy's in there with Eddie doing the drugs. And then she's kind of interrupting, saying that she's leaving him. And the dude's like, Eddie, you ain't got your woman in check? And then Eddie's like, I think you're overstepping your boundaries just a little bit. <laughs> Eddie's great. When you hear Michael Wright's real voice, yeah. especially young Michael Wright, uh-huh. that's a British actor. Like he's like so. I'm like, oh, this guy's performing his butt off because he sounds nothing like Eddie King. Like that is impressive, super impressive. So towards the very end of the film, the the five heartbeats have all gathered together. They're at a barbecue. Carbo is burning the ribs. Video Soul is playing and it flashes now with the five horsemen with the music video. And JT comes and turns the TV off. It's like, I can't have my kids watching this. And one of the ladies says, well, Why don't you show them what real music is? Uh-huh. And he's like, You ain't say nothing but a word. Five heartbeats, a symbol. Yeah. And they all come forward and they do the all hands in, you know, and choir boys up there, dressers up there. And they're like, Come on, Eddie. And Eddie's like, Y'all sure y'all want to hang with old Eddie King Jr.? <laughs> Dresser looks down at him and says, yeah, we sure. And then they cut over to Duck. Like, Come on, Duck. And he's like, I ain't sang in years. Yeah. You know, and, then, and then finally Duck Jones. But just, those, those two lines, sure y'all want to hang with old Eddie King Jr.? And I ain't sang in years. Two of my favorite lines. Man. That's all I got. Um... Another, I got stuff like how sprinkled in. I'm just kind of jumping around, I but this is hilarious. I don't know why it's funny, uh, but this is Jimmy has passed. All of the five heartbeats are. Lo- I don't know why they're in this random like back alley way. That's the tunnel. Oh, when I say when he says let's do it, that's, that's, that's the, the tunnel. tunnel. And they come back there again. There's two other times where they're oh. where they're in that tunnel. I'm positive that's where they sing and harmonize. That actually makes sense. And that's where they okay, come because it to, doesn't but, make sense without the context there. Yeah, exactly. They they need they there had to be a scene they recorded with them actually harmonizing and practicing there. That's the oh. tunnel. That's the spot. So Eddie Kane Jr. is sitting down there all looking sad. Um, Choir oh, boy is off to the side. He's asking uh, Eddie for gum. Oh, okay, so that's why he's off to the off frame. In the frame, we see Eddie Kane, we see uh, Duck in the back, uh, but Dresser's coming up towards us in the in the uh, foreground, and uh, he's just standing over Eddie Kane. And then voiceover, you hear Dresser, what's wrong? Dresser, what's going on? Dresser, come here, you son of a. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> oh, God, I didn't know. I didn't know. Dresser is beating up Eddie K. Jr. Because, I mean, you know. It's a, it's, a, it's a sloppy, not even a fight. It's just a squabble. Oh, but it's so, it's, so, it's, so, it's so emotionally raw, it's kind of appropriate for it. Like, this is, yeah. this is like, these, these guys are all wrecked. Yeah. Because their manager has died, and their group is falling apart. And their their friend is, 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 just so messed up on drugs that yeah and and yeah 
They they know this is okay. This is a really bad situation. Yeah. It was just I don't know just the way that that voiceover with Choir Boy Dresser. <laughs> what's wrong, Dresser? What's going on, Dresser? <laughs> yeah, tell him Eddie. Tell, tell him about your deal. Oh God, I know. I know. What do you ever do to you? <laughs> oh man. Goodness, and then the somber music, Stanley, you know, playing mm-hmm. the music. Like, oh man, they just hit the cues perfectly. <sighs> uh, it, oh, any more? Is that it? That's all I got for okay. posts. Um, we've quoted about half the film. We did. <laughs> I'm gonna let you get the trivia, uh, but <laughs> uh, um, uh, um, <clears throat> okay. So I gotta say one last one. Um, Dresser is talking to Sarge, and they're in the hospital with Sarge, and um, and Sarge like wants a cigarette, and then Dresser's like, "Well, let you have one, this one cigarette since it's your birthday." You hear me? And then he, and then Sarge's like, "Yeah, really?" And he's like, "Yeah, really." I got news for you. I've been smoking ever since I've been in here. Check inside my left jacket pocket. <laughs> very succinct in his, in his pronunciation. Check inside my left jacket pocket. <laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> Oh man, I, I love Sarge, man. He's yeah. he, you know even oh, man, guys. Sorry, I, we'll, we, we'll be on this forever. So yes, I'm, 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 I'm let it go. <laughs> Trivia. Uh, do you have any questions? I do have one question. So, being that Eddie showed up to rejoin the group mm. in in the late seventies, but then. What seems like shortly thereafter, they get their gold record and Flash leaves the group. Yeah. And the group dissolves because mm-hmm. Duck leaves as well. Should they maybe have let Eddie back in the group? If he got clean. Did it say when he got cleaned? When he got cleaned up? No. It didn't, it didn't lose because you got the 70s. Because he, he gets shot shortly afterwards because uh, literally why Duck is on his way to find out who Tanya is, is cheating with. Uh, that's when we hear on the radio that Eddie got shot several times. Well, dang. But uh, if he wouldn't have gotten shot, he may not have gone to rehab. Get a point. Or maybe would have gone to rehab if he had rejoined the group. I don't know. But it's just an interesting question yeah. I, I thought about. Like, hmm. And then they missed the whole 80s thing. So we don't know what their vibe is in the 80s. I believe that they they... Just once Duck left, yeah. I think the group was done because okay. they didn't have a lead, they didn't have a lead singer. Whatever only, happened to? They'd only be the three heartbeats at that point. I mean, they could have had some replacement members, but we don't see any indication of that after the fact. Hmm. Hmm. One question is: a lot of people think this movie is about a real singing group, and I've heard this. Even the guy I was telling you about, he thought it was real when he was young. He thought it was a real singing group, and. I, and on Breakfast Club, Charlemagne told Robert Towns, he said, man, I thought this was a real group. It wasn't until I Googled, I th- like, and my thing is like, why do people, why do so many people think it's a real group? A lot of people think it's a real group, but kind of going back to with the, the Ebony, Jet, the Rolling Stone, Newsweek, and all those brands, kind of like grounded as if it's real. And then on top of that, the people aren't, the people playing aren't popular enough outside of Robert Townsend to um to make it obvious that it's a film because if they would have casted the people like i don't know like uh to play the five heartbeats sure if they would have casted people that are obviously actors that people knew about um then i don't think that would occur so much 
I th- uh, two two responses to that question. Number one, I think that that vibe I think is mm-hmm. reinforced now later because of the films that Leon has been in, where he's portrayed real life musicians, yeah. from David Ruffin and The Temptations to Little Richard. Mm-hmm. And so they think, oh, this guy's always playing kind of real life people. That's all you had to say. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> two, um, if if you watch the credits of the film, it gives you a little clip that says this film was, was is, is loosely based on the story of the Dells. Mm. That's at the, at the end of the end of the credits. They actually, oh. actually, they actually show an image of, of the Dells. Uh, three, in and again, a lot of people haven't sure seen the documentary, but in the documentary, the making of the five heartbeats, you find out in the very opening that Robert Townsend, he loved the Temptations growing up. He loved David Ruffin, mm-hmm. and originally for this script. He actually for this for this film he actually wanted to have David Ruffin and Eddie Kendricks as technical advisors for the film, mm-hmm. but the studio said no, you can't have them as technical advisors because of their ties to Motown. If Motown yeah. sees the film and if Barry Gordy thinks that Big Red is supposed to be like ba- like based on him, mm-hmm. then we could get sued. So no, you can't you cannot use Eddie Kendricks or David Ruffin. So then the Dells happened to be in town in Los Angeles and Robert Townsend went to go see them and started talking with them and interviewed them to ask them to be technical advisors on the film. And he, the first question he had for them was that one of their first albums, one of their first releases had a white couple on the cover and he asked them, Why come, how come you guys aren't on the cover of your very first album? Mm-hmm. And that's when they began to, to relay what the record label said to them. And Dang. that's when he went and rewrote the scene that we then see yeah. in the movie of the crossing, of over. The crossing over scene. Right. And so there are some other uh, scenes in the film that are based on the Dell's experience uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and in the industry and there's some that are based on temptation so it's kind of like an amalgamation so then it becomes a uh, yeah an amalgamation of just different groups that performed uh, you know during the time period of the 60s, into the 60s into the 70s but yeah the five heartbeats were, were not a real group but but they live on in our hearts um, I would also say that um, on the soundtrack it did get on the top 20 billboard for R&B singles and it was nights like this, nights like this, and really, and a heart is a house for love. Those are on the top twenty billboards, and wow. that's why people think that it's a real group. Well, I think the Dells actually. Let me pull up the soundtrack. I think yeah, the, the Dells. The Dells actually. The Dells song is Billy Valentine. The Dells, and Billy Valentine. He's the one that voice. He he sings all all of Eddie Kendrick's songs. Is is Billy Valentine? Yeah. So they have Billy Valentine for slash the Dells. Is he part of the Dells? I don't know, but it, it just has like two separate people. Mm. So you got the Dells, then you got Slash Billy Valentine. What is that? That's for a heart is a house for love. Yeah, I was curious. Uh, no, it is on there, and that's so. That's actually says. Well, see, that's interesting because when I'm looking at the soundtrack. Yeah, it just says it just says the five hearts. Oh yeah, it's, it's on there, but it's artists. after seven. So I don't know if it was the after seven version huh. that played nights like this. If it was the after seven version that was on the radio or the that's, movie that's version. That's true. That's true. They yeah. did sing that. Mm. And so, but they both those songs were on the top twenty RB charts. Huh. So yeah, kind of like meta weird, kind of this weird ground. Good music, good music, you know. Indeed. And. Uh, Makes sense, because you know, like even Robert Townsend, he'll be like going to the the airport, and people are like, "Man, when are y'all gonna tour again?" You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's funny. 
that real. Okay, trivia. What you got, man? All right, we're going to rapid fire this trivia. Uh, the genesis of this film, again, as I mentioned before, that again, it was based on Robert Townsend's interest in The Temptations uh, and his favorite singer, David Ruffin. Do you have trivia? Or am I, yeah, I got a few, but I'm, I'm going to cut my down. Okay. Um, oh, his, so here's his a, a, a good piece of trivia. So initially, Townsend had a dream cast of, of actors. So JT... And was going to be played by Keenan Ivory Waynes, so he's going to, he was going to play his brother initially. Right. David Allen Greer was was going to play Dresser. Uh, Vanessa, oh L, my, yeah, Vanessa L. Williams was going to play one of the actresses as well. Oh my, uh, Robin Harris was going to play. He would play the MC that uh, that John Witherspoon plays. Uh, no, he was going to play the MC at the other place. As, as you oh. know, they said they're better than Birds and the Night Falcons and the Temptations all rolled together. He was going to play that wow. MC. We shall see. Mm-hmm. But we shall see. <laughs> uh, Ronaldo Ray was mm-hmm. going to play the Johnny Witherspoon MC at the beginning of the film. Wow. Denzel Washington was originally going to be cast as Eddie King Jr. Yeah. And Whitney Houston was originally going to be cast as Baby Doll. Um, to add to that, Robert Townsend mentioned in the, I think it was the Breakfast Club one, that the reason she didn't get the role is because her agent said it wasn't big enough for exactly. her. Exactly. said it's not big enough. And then she actually called Robert Townsend back and said, I, I made a mistake. made a mistake, yep, 100%. Like, whoa, wow. Yeah. She understood. Yes, Can you sir. imagine that? That would have been dope. That would have, man, they, they would have marketed this film with, with both Vinza and Winnie, they would have marketed this film very differently. They would have both been on the cover of the, of the key art and- who knows how they would have cut the trailer? It would have been something, yeah, very, very different. Different uh, universe. Yes, sir. Uh, Warner Brothers and all the other studios originally passed on the script and said they didn't know that there was an audience for the film or how to balance the drama and the humor. Wow. Uh, Robert Downey took actual cues from Diane Carroll's real-life husband in order to better shape Eleanor's character. Her, her husband had been involved in managing some groups in, in music mm-hmm. and he took that to kind of better shape her character. Robert Townsend directed Eddie Murphy Raw. Aha. Didn't know that. Fair. I didn't know that either. Uh, John Canada Terrell, who played Flash, Michael Flash Turner, has a black belt in karate. <laughs> who, who is this? This is Flash. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. You can see him in the film. Like this, like this dude's like, well, you see him in he's the Jack. open but Yeah, they're all ripped up. Like, he's a black belt. I think belt. he was in uh, 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 the Spike Lee joint. Um, she's got to have it. Uh, At the end, you see him with his shirt off. He's all cut up. Aha. But he... So that scene with him and, and Michael Wright or him and, and Eddie King, when Eddie's getting is, is, is saying, you ain't going to get it. They had real heat in that scene. Mm. And a couple of times, like Michael went to Robert and said, look, you need to you need to, to talk to Eddie. He's because Eddie's uh, Michael Wright's very method. Yeah. And he was he was in, he was in it. He said, look, I've got a black belt in karate. I will kick his butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was ready to fight. And so in the scene. When when Flash closes the door, yeah, that was that was um, that was uh, Michael. No, what's his name? John. That was John Cannon. He was really pissed, and he yeah. slammed the door. And that's why Eddie finishes the lines through the door. Well, you ain't gonna get it. You, you ain't got, got it. it. He hits the door. Yeah, mm, but that, that door slam wasn't wasn't really originally in there. Damn. That's that that's John trying to stop from beating from, up from beating doing up a Mike. sidekick to his yeah. sternum. Going last dragon on Leroy. <laughs> oh man, he would have ended the movie. That would have been yeah, bad. Little thin, little thin Michael Wright would have. Oh, they would have been pol- chest, hospitalized. Chest out his back. <laughs> nice, like. Uh. <laughs> um. Oh man. 
the scene with Robert and Tessa was asked to be cut multiple times by the studio. They did really? not. They they multiple times when the, once the original dailies came, multiple times he was told to cut that scene, cut that scene. He fought. He fought to keep it. And so finally they said, okay, you can keep it, but you have less than four hours to shoot it. And that's where Billy Dill, wow. Bill, Bill Dill came in like just a, a the gangbusters in, wow. in getting that set up and getting the thing shot in less than four hours. They got the whole scene accomplished. Uh, one, R. Kelly was at the auditions. You yeah. know, Robert Townsend, you know, auditioned over 10,000 people for this uh, film. Yeah. And Michael then, Jai White was one of them as well. He hit karate guys. Uh, but yeah, I th thought that he said, this guy, this kid's got something, you know, mm -hmm. but didn't know where to put him. But it's just like, hey, just to notice that there's talent on the rise, but they got their own path. Exactly. It, it's cool to see just how many how many faces pop up on the video of talent that came through. The um, Tia and Tamara, like they, they, they showed up. Just he saw a lot of people. And speaking of auditions, Robert Townsend, uh, oh, no, uh, he did a combination of, of open casting, but also for a lot of his lead actors that he ultimately cast, he just interviewed them. He sat down with them and talked talked with him. That's how Michael Wright got the role of Eddie King. He actually went to New York, mm -hmm. met Michael at his apartment. Michael had a lot of like classy art around and Michael showed him uh, some clips from a, a film that he had done uh, called Streamers. Mm -hmm. And and after seeing that acting like that, 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 that pushed Robert to choose Michael Wright over Denzel Washington. Wow. Okay. Mm. Um, Robert Townsend asked 19 of the male cast members to attend church with him. Wow, and they all they all did. This black man went to went to Robert's church and you know, heard a message, and and uh, he he says he prays he prays over everything. Let's go, yes sir. Uh, so speaking of church, executives wanted to cut again. I own the scene with with Tessa and, and Robert singing, but they wanted to cut the church scene at the end of the movie. Oh, they tripping! And once they once they actually did the testing with audiences on the, like the first screening, the first yeah. testing, both the the scene with Tessa yeah. and the church scene were the highest. Like the, the the film was one of the highest tested films in Fox history, and the two scenes that they loved the most were with Tessa and with Eddie. Absolutely, at the end, being saved. Absolutely. And, 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 and originally, they didn't understand what they said. Well, they that seems important because Eddie gets saved, his soul gets saved. They like we didn't. They didn't understand what that meant initially. Jewish. Hey, he ain't take it easy. Take it <laughs> easy. Hey, take it hey, easy. Hey, 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 oh, whoa, hey. wow. <laughs> yeah, take it easy. <laughs> Who are you voting for, John? I have time to tell you about mm, my wife. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> not even getting personal here. Uh, 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 but both scenes, think um, uh, are has has a man and a woman, or man and a young lady, young girl singing in it. Uh, That's true. You know what I mean? It's that like is true. Women get some shine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But yeah, they wanted to. Anyways, but they, they, thank goodness they made it in. Ah, here's here's another good piece of trivia. Sure, saved. Mike Tyson, uh -oh. Eddie Murphy, uh -oh. Will Smith, all of them love the five heartbeats. Of course, and they've, they've come up to cast members and and told them. So Leon has a, a, a funny story in the in documentary. He says like Mike Tyson saw him at an airport and, and like grabbed him and said, "Hey man, the five heartbeats, I loved it. <laughs> I cried two times that film." And, he, and so he said, you know, I, I, I love the film. And so he let Leon go. He said he grabbed him again. And, he, and you better not tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a lot, lot, lot of people love the five heartbeats. A lot, a lot of famous folks. Man. Um, also, and then last, last bit of trivia, Fox pulled back on the trailer's edge. There was a, a more edgier version of the trailer because of a shooting 
during screenings of New Jack City. Son of a... Yeah. And so because of that, they, they recut the trailer and made it softer. And that definitely hurt the, the film's uh, draw power. No wonder why it felt so bubblegum. It didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Now, ultimately, that the film's demise is we covering it only three weeks is or it, so in the theaters. That's, uh, it's, that's scary. it's scary how removed people that run the studios are from black culture. Being Americans... But just, you know, going through civil rights and all this stuff. I mean, you're only one generation removed by the time this uh, is coming out. And so just like how they're just so unsure how to reach an audience or. They didn't have a frame of reference. Yeah, just, just um, you know, but you could, <laughs> you know. Right, but 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 they didn't. They, they didn't know where to start or yeah. that they needed to. Like, they didn't realize the. the they kind of don't have to, right? They can yeah, kind of do the black, what they want to do. The, the black buying power, they were they were fine with sustaining it with just yeah. white box. The status but, quo. But, but they, weren't, they weren't aware of how much. How much we went to the to the theaters, yeah. and how much power yeah. there is in that. So, yeah, yeah, I find I find that interesting. <clears throat> and maybe we didn't know either, you know. Know what? That our, our buying power. Oh, you talking about nineteen ninety one? At that time, yeah. Angel, there was a consciousness that began to 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 arise, especially like in the in the early nineties. You had a lot of. I think black folks are very aware of their. Buying power. You're right, because there's boycotting that's taking place throughout throughout different <laughs> yeah, industries. That's now. how that's we true. exercise our political powers that's by true. not purchasing something. You got a point. You got a point. Um it's just, you know, it's entertainment. It's but I just think it's interesting from the studio standpoint how they um Yeah. Almost like their reasons for not doing something. You know what right. I mean? Well it, they but it's assumed, that, but it's like it's a wrong assumption. But yeah, well we've covered multiple films where we would yeah. hear before different different artists say, Oh, they didn't they say like like a black face could carry a film internationally. Yeah. We've we've seen that myth just destroyed with yeah. Fast and Furious films, Black Panther. Um, even from an independent stand, uh Fred Fred Williamson was a, one of the first people black all lead in the exploitation films, produce his own films, would mm-hmm. go internationally to the film markets to Cannes and uh and uh and and be a star to like to the Italian film mar- to the Italian market and they would pay him a certain amount of money. He's like, hey, don't tell the Americans we paid you this amount of money. Because mm-hmm. they Hollywood was propaganda propag- propagating uh the information that nothing sells overseas. Wow. But they they love Fred Williams and they were just like, hey, don't tell them we paid you half a million for this. Gotta keep it on the deal. Yeah. And this is in the seventies. Mm. Yeah. Having to break 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 through the system at times. Absolutely. You got any more trivia? That's it, brother. Okay. Now it's time for filmmaker tips. What you got? If possible, let actors have input into wardrobe so they can feel comfortable. Townsend let actors select the different kinds of colors and styles that they wanted to to wear in the film because he knew that would kind of make them feel a certain way and boost their performance. Um, sometimes the best talent doesn't have representation or have agents. Um, the young girl that song we haven't finished yet, you know, she can sing for real, but she wasn't discovered. And so through those casting auditions gave her, uh, a chance to sing for Robert Townsend and that's how she was discovered. She specifically asked, she auditioned with a group of people, but afterwards they were done. She asked, can I sing a song for you? And he thought he would let her sing only a few bars. But when she started singing, he let her sing the whole song because she was that good. She had a powerful voice. Blocking and rehearsal. Before they initially pitched the the film, they constantly blocked and rehearsed and blocked and mm-hmm. rehearsed and blocked and rehearsed. And that led to a lot of the uh, uh, the polished look of, of the film and the performances. Um, you mentioned earlier about the Dells were like the, kind of the technical directors of the film, kind of giving information um, about that lifestyle and kind of gave Robert Townsend uh, stories that he can use for his film. Um, 
also like you were talking about the crossover the whole crossover story you know how they changed the cover and things like that so just um they did i think robert townsend spent a lot of time doing this right you know yeah you know he didn't have to spend a whole bunch of money to to make this thing pop but just being true to the storytelling and when you find uh people that actually live that life bringing them in and like you know bringing their stories and putting into the story that you're creating and I think it helps that he was writer director because he constantly was able to rewrite the script uh-huh. and, and make the the kind of adjustments and pivots that he needed to to um, to to make the film what what it is. Absolutely. Uh, I put competition helps breed excellence. So Townsend ha- Townsend held talent shows for a couple of weeks between the different groups. Mm-hmm. So the five heartbeats <laughs> would would have it would would face off against Bird and the Midnight Falcons and against Flash and the Ebony Sparks. Mm-hmm. And they were doing these talent shows against each other. And so it, it kind of revved up some heat and some <laughs> some excitement between these different groups. Even though many of them couldn't sing, but yeah. they, they they would perform <laughs> and, and dance and do their do their best. Um this is one of my last ones, but uh Robert Towns had mentioned this on the the Breakfast Club. Um, just being a hustler and like kind of come because sometimes it's not a lot of money. I don't know if it was necessarily this film, but probably for uh, Hollywood Shuffle. And we've heard this before uh, that he, they were paying like five thousand dollars a week for, it, for to to go to an editing suite to edit a film. And so he's trying to figure out cheaper ways to use an editing suite. Turns out porn again, you know. So going to a porn mm. house and using their editing suites uh, in order to put the film together. Oh wow! Um, and so I think that might have been Hollywood Shuffle, but just being uh, resourceful um, and your filmmaking mm, for sure for sure uh shooting in reverse for the sake of hair so <laughs> because later on in the film the hair is more grown out as we get into the 70s we have afros and the naturals so yeah. they actually during rehearsal he had all the the actors growing their hair out so that then yeah. they could they could rock the froze and the naturals and so they shot those scenes first and then solely worked in reverse the scenes as they got towards the the beginning of the film so then they could wow. then have, have the extra hair to, 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 to press and, and, and die and to be fried died and laid to the side, side. Woo. <laughs> and actually Robert spent a good chunk of the film directing from underneath the hair dryer yeah. when his, for his, his processed look that is great yes sir and then the last piece I have is uh, don't underestimate the impact of your film so while Robert was at a, a diner one day a a man came up to him and recognized him mm-hmm. from the five heartbeats and said, you know, I, I you know, I, he says, you, you, I know your film didn't make that much money. He goes, mm-hmm. but he goes, but you got that integrity. He goes, that's why I rock with you, mm-hmm. Robert. He says, you know, he goes, but I, but he goes, but I was, I was the only person in the theater when I saw your film and I saw the end with Eddie King jr. Mm-hmm. And how God had turned his life around and delivered him from drugs. Was I was a heroin addict at that time, and I saw that film and, and, and thought, if God can deliver Eddie King Jr. from drugs, He can deliver me. And that day I stopped using drugs. He goes, now I'm a drug counselor, and I show the film to other drug addicts to help them get off heroin. Wow, that's the power of a story. Word, that is, man, that's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. This is pretty close to a perfect film, in my opinion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> the pacing, it just. Mm-hmm. It it moves great. It's mm-hmm. it's it's layered. It's great character development. It's optimistic. It's funny. It's dramatic. It's great music. It's a wonderful representation of black culture, and and again, black people loving each other. Mm-hmm. Not perfect, right? It's a, it's a film. So you're gonna have drama. You're gonna have 
antagonist protagonist, but there's justice done. Big Red gets his in the end. <laughs> you know, Jimmy is kind of the only. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really love your showmanship <laughs> and your style. Yeah. <laughs> it's an old coach. Uh, all right, but yeah, it's <laughs> man. We 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 clearly love the five heartbeats. Yeah. We hope you do too. And we hope you check this film out and let us know what you think. Indeed. What are we jumping into next time? Next time, we continue on this glorious month of black history as we dive into Eddie Murphy's Harlem Nights. Stop it. Stop Stop it. (laughs) I should have heard that. (laughs) 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 Quack. Oh man. Um and you can catch us where? Facebook.com forward slash filmmaker commentary. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Please check us out and leave a review. We'd love to hear some and see some new reviews. Yes. He is at Reggie Titus on Twitter. I'm at KCG Smith32. We're also on the gram at Filmmaker Commentary. He's at Reginald Titus Jr. That's JR. I'm at KCG Smith32. Until next time, peace, respect.